open up the app and the music appears But you don't see the hard work, blood, sweat, tears Three minute videos, days spent filming those Airports, sound check, live shows, studios, managers, promoters Labels, graphic design, there's a lifetime behind every rhyme Victory, failure, profit and the cost If we don't pass it on, then the history is lost Want an album review? Then you're paying for ads You want a half-page story? Cost you double for that And the radio's the same, gotta show them the money Cause they shelter and their listeners like bad boy Bubby Ignorance is bliss, but it isn't if you're missing the foundation That's why we had this conversation You wanna know the real deal? Here it is You're tuned in to Beers, Beats and the Beers all right, check it out. This is the Beers, Beats and the Beers podcast broadcasting live from the Shire Studios, as we always do, my man, Insidious on the boards. How are you, Russ, brother? You're doing on the well, mic. Doing well. Doing it, doing it, and doing it well. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, we got Russ on the mic, man. We're doing this shit fucking... Um, listen, man, we're broadcasting live from the Shire Studios, and we have a fucking... Dude, listen, this is episode 90, dude. We have made it to fucking episode 90. That is some... That's some crazy shit, man, marching to 100. What a ride it's been. <laughs> what a ride it's been indeed. And listen, I don't want to keep this, man. If you're already pressing play, you know what the fuck it is. We've got the one and only Muff. Muff and, from Muff and Platonic, solo years, man. A legacy MC in this country, an absolute fucking legend. And uh, one of the voices that built, you know, Obese Records without, you know, without a fucking doubt. But before we get to him real quick, let me just back announce last week, Russ, we had Hugh Dunnett, the one and only legendary figure out of Melbourne. Um, graffiti King from around. Richmond, oh fucking, where's he from? Belgrave line. I apologise. Actually, I should go through my notes and tell you exactly what we talked about. I'll keep it fucking brief because I'm trying to cut these intros down. But we talked everything, man. How he hooked up, you know. He was one of the early solo writers in Melbourne. His development of style, various pieces, you know. Him going out to Warrigal, him interviewing bloody um, PJ Peter Stevens. I mean, over some of these writer episodes, you know, because man, I love this Melbourne graph history. I can't fucking front. So when I get an opportunity to, to talk it. I fucking, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk it. And, um, you know, Hugh's been there since day dot. Hugh's a fucking style pioneer in his own right. You know, he may not have been as technically proficient as a murder or a jewel or a pest or any of those, but he was fucking, you know, as t- as proficient in his own field by characters and just blocks, simple styles. And then he was, you know, one of the founding members of Cave Clan and, you know, coming out of Warrigal, I think I just mentioned Warrigal, but, you know, getting shot at in the yards and all kinds of shit. I mean, no comment. And big shouts to fucking Hugh Dunnett. I've fucking, I've got to stand top of this social media shit man because you know i was slacking we've just dropped you know if you're listening to not that it means anything to anyone listening but we're just dropping you know we've just dropped hugh and we're about to talk to muff and i'm just sort of like fuck man i gotta stay on this social media shit russ like it's a pain in the fucking ass but (laughs) you know you just gotta keep pumping that cunt but you know it is what it is it is what it is listen we gotta send a big shout out to wanderer clothing wndrr they sent us a fucking massive package i want to send them a shout out again and i also want to shout out uh steve from media fortress big shout to you brother big shout to media fortress and shouts to steve i've got to uh, talk to talk more to him in the future but uh yeah i just wanted to fucking send him a quick shout out shout out to wanderer for sending us through all the clothing and stuff and um shouts to all the new patreon subscribers we've had a mad influx of them lately so that's that's fucking awesome Mm. that puts a battery in our back for sure yeah, definitely, man. And the feedback we've been getting, Russ, like we've been getting some crazy feedback, you know, I know it's just me taking care of that social media now, but um, yeah, we've been having a crazy feedback recently, like just, you know, since fucking, I think, you know, just prior to Christmas last year. So shouts to everyone 
you know, fucking with us, everyone, you know, sharing us around, please continue to do so. You can support us at Beers Beats the Biz. Head to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Beers Beats the Biz. Man, you can kick in anything. I think we're going to uh, – actually, yeah, I've sent all shirts out. So as of you listening to this, you'll have your shirts or you ought to be receiving your shirts and we've got some sticker packs on the way. So – Oh, excuse me we've um yeah we're fucking we're doing this shit so man let's fucking let's move on to muff like because we are joined on the line you know via skype once again beers beats and the beers for episode 90 with our absolute legend man one of um you know, one of the most distinct voices that came out of uh, hip hop in this country, a pioneer, man. I think he's really the precursor to what a lot of, you know, people like Complete and uh, even Wombat and various dudes are doing today, you know, like they're fucking, you know, pushing that sort of angle. This was a dude that was always sort of, you know, very introspective, reflective in what he did. And as I already stated, one of the voices that without fail, alongside Platonic, even going back pre-Platonic, help build obese records you know like fucking one of those voices we're joined by the legend with the legend we're going to go through it all pure heads fucking all that kind of shit we're joined by the legend muff muff and how are you brother very well thanks man thanks for having me uh dude it is an absolute honor it's a fucking it's a um i'm stoked to have you join us for episode 90 man so i truly appreciate that man because it's um you know like you're one of those mcs brother you've been one of those mcs since day dot and i was telling you off air about you know when i went and saw the pure heads at um rick's cafe back in christ like you know maybe 2000 2001 like dude how where, i mean do you remember that when are we going back to like when the pure heads were sort of really popping off uh, yeah, it was probably around that time. I remember because yeah. I think that show happened. Um, we played a gig in Melbourne at uh, I think it was the Lounge in the city, and I think Len Len One was down. Yes, and I think him and Lazy might have played the same show, and then he said, "Oh, you got to come up to Brisbane or something like that." I think he had something to do with us going up there for that um for that show but yeah it would have been like two th- was that the one that like uh does it have like have like out the back of pool yeah pool? there was a pool table out the back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely yeah 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 so yeah i reckon that was 2000 definitely 2000. dude definitely that I might have been 99 or something. I don't know it was that era though hey like because there was yeah. everything like everything in brisbane at that time Excuse me, I'm just sipping on a beer. Everything around Brisbane at that time was um was centered around Rick's Cafe. Like that was just, you know, that's how it was and like I remember that show, man. I think, you know, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me definitely Len would have been involved. Oh, actually, yeah, no fuck cunt. Uh, man, yeah, I spoke with Lenny and Lenny said, "Yeah, man, um had something to do with their manager like uh, an early brother Stony manager strictly. She um did she have something to do? Does that ring a bell?" Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it could have been. Look, yeah. I can't remember, but I just remember I just remember, yeah, someone mentioned, said, oh, I think uh, Len One was going to help hook you up to get up to Brizzy. So, yeah, that's yeah. all I remember. Oh, uh, dude, in, in fucking – What's that? Sorry, mate? Is that place still going? Yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's vastly different to what, you know, what it was then. Like it was a – um, yeah, it was a tiny little van. I mean, it's still fucking real pokey out the front. Not much has changed in that regard, but now it's like it's it's full-blown club stees. It was a club stees back then too, you know, like it was fucking upstairs, downstairs. But, you know, it was kind of where hip-hop went to thrive back in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, then, yeah, it's changed. It's more, you know, it's fucking – it's a different thing now. I think they might still be doing live music and shit like that. But, yeah, but that was just – man, that to me like is always just like a formative fucking memory of mine, you know, and because I was nothing – and, you know, for those listening, I was telling Marf, I was just like, man, he don't remember this shit. But he gave me his debut record that night. Like, I was in the crowd watching it, man. And, um, you know, we're getting to the formation of the Pure Heads. Pure Heads were him and Drano and DJ FX. And, um, 
you know, big shouts to those dudes. Drano was uh, is, is must brother, brother, should I say, and DJ FX, a legendary DJ out of Melbourne and stuff. And um, yeah, early Purehead stuff. But listen, brother, I wanted to kick things off because you and I share a very, um, uh, we share a similar passion in that we um, were influenced heavily early on by uh, <laughs> by Run DMC, man, and Raising Hell and shit. And um, I just wanted to fucking get into that with you initially, brother, because I love talking that. I mean, I love talking that rap shit. And I just wanted to hear about the impact Run DMC MC had on you early on um all right so well basically it was kind of my introduction to rap mm. uh, i think my a lot of it comes from my brother so he he had some tape like i think it was it might have been something like smash hits 88 or celebrate 88 you know those mixtapes yes. they used to have yeah absolutely pop songs yep definitely on one of them somehow uh run dms got a track on there uh, uh, yeah, I just kind of he, my brother really kind of, you know, he, he influenced me a lot. And he was saying, "Oh, you check this thing out. Like this sounds like nothing else on this tape. Yeah, it sounds crazy." And then, um, and then from there, so he kind of he said, oh, "I've got to find out more about these guys." And he went down to a like the Eltham. They had like a video and music shop joined together. Yeah, and um, yeah, he got raising hell from there. It was like a photocopy cover. Uh, so I don't know whether it was a bootleg or what the go was, yeah. but yeah. So from then on, yeah, it just kind of it's. I guess that was the starting point. And um, the, the the fucking the tape cover had probably been ganked, dude. I remember that's what they used to do. That's they used what to, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to photocopy those tape covers and leave them on the fucking shelf because every time we go in there and bloody um <laughs> rip off fucking cassette covers, walk out with them. Yeah. <laughs> So that yeah, that was, it was just that was like the starting point from for me. Um, That's where it all kicks off because I'm very yeah. much I'm very much similar, dude. I didn't have a photocopy cover of it, but I had um I had Raising Hell, and it was pretty much my first hip hop cassette. And like being our age, we're both of a similar age. I mean, Run DMC was even old school when we got into them, you know, kind of yes. like in a way. Like yeah. if we got into them at the dawn of the '90s, by that stage, you know, Raising I mean, fucking Raising Hell's '86. That's old school hip hop by that stage, you know. But yeah, man, like it fucking man, they had a profound influence on me, also, man. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah, it was like nothing else that I'd heard. So yeah, um, you're either going to love it or hate it, and I went yep. the love it way. And you too, obviously. Yeah, oh, me too, dude. Absolutely. And I always state, man, I think they're fucking hip hop's greatest group, regardless of generation, age, fucking anything, because they did everything before everyone else from sponsorship deals, movies, you know, albums, videos. Like they did everything on a fucking scale that, you know, like that the, the 50s would go on, you know, the 50 cents would go on to do. And then fucking, you know, that today's generation doing in abundance with, you know, social media and all that kind of shit. They did that shit pre that, man. Movie deals, fucking sponsorship deals, Adidas, fucking. And boom, 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 go through the list. They did fucking live aid and all that kind of shit, man. They were just, you know, I fucking, yeah, for my, for mine, they're like hip hop's fucking, you know, hip hop's greatest group of all time. But yeah, I remember, dude, I also remember those, um, those, uh, those hip hop, comp- uh, not those hip hop compilations, those pop hits like Smash yeah. Hits 86 and Smash Hits 1990 and stuff. This is because, you know, you heard Run, you heard Run DMC there first. I heard Gangstar. The first time I heard oh. Gangstar was on one of those things. I had Lovesick, that remix of it. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, on like Smash Hits, fucking Smash Hits '91 or some shit like that. You know? Yeah. 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 It was the first time I ever heard Gangstar. But yeah, so your brother. So uh, is that? Are we talking about Drano? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's my older brother. So okay, yep. yeah, he, yeah, he pretty much, um, you know, 
uh, we kind of so he he got into rap pretty heavily and wanted to hear everything. You know, he was he'd start checking the you know production credits, you know, guest verses and uh, who's done this on. You know, so he'd kind of go from there. So if you know he liked the production on this album, he'd check for you know, oh, this album's got production by the same guy. I'll grab that. Mm. And then he kind of, so there was a group of maybe three kids, including myself and my brother in the street we lived, we grew up in. Yeah. And he was older than all of us. And he basically said, you know, whenever you get, we're not allowed to get the same album. We yeah. all have to buy different albums. Yeah, yeah. And then we just dub them for each other. Yeah, straight and up. So that's how we kind of built, like built, you know, learning more. Collections. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was next, man? Like, what was next after Run DMC? Uh, trying to think about this. Um, either Main Source Breaking Atoms. Oh, word, sick. Or um, oh, one of the uh, Ultramagnetic MCs. Is there one? There's, I'll try to think of what it's called again. Is it Funk Your Head Up? Oh yeah, dude, Funk Your Head Up, the yeah. second album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was yeah. I think that was the two to follow that. Yeah, wow. The, that were the first two that were actually mine. Wow. Like, I owned, so, yeah. That's fucking dope, dude, because the natural progression for me was like fucking Public Enemy NWA. That was kind of what was accessible to me, you know, in, in Brisbane. That's fucking, man, funk your head up, is the you know, funk your head up and main source, man. But that makes, you know, that makes sense, dude. That was that fucking period, man. That was that fucking dopeness. So you guys, you guys were heavy. Where did you grow up down there? Uh, Eltham. Okay, yeah, down that way. Did, did you, you ever ever try your hand at graph and all that sort of shit or nah? Nah, not no. personally, no. No, no, but it's it's yeah, it's on the same line. Um, the bias was on like Hursty, uh, yeah, the Hursty line. Represent yeah. Hursty, <laughs> Greensboro to Eltham, baby. Was <laughs> <laughs> there enough bias beat to know that one? That actually, <laughs> on, that? on old Purehead thing, we sampled that that bias beat cut. I think. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah, sick, sick. How do the fucking okay? So we're going. Let's just fucking jump through the years. We'll go backwards and forwards, dude, and all that sort of shit. But how do the Pureheads come to form? Um, so it was my brother, myself, and, uh, eventually DJ effects and another guy who was our next door neighbor and his name was, well, his real name was Al, but he went under the name Osanaka. He uh, made the beats. Yes. I wanted to ask you about so, Osanaka. So he got like, he probably around 94, 95, yep. he got, he got a new computer. And on the computer came a um, like a production program. Well, it really wasn't a production program. It was called Goldway. Yeah. And you could so he could sample into the computer, but it was all cut and paste. So he so he'd basically get drum breaks that would become his drum loop, but he'd have to cut and paste from end to end where the loop had to sit, Fuck. and then just paste it, and then he'd get a sample. And then he'd stretch it or, you know, or shrink it, change the, basically changing the BPM on it mm. to match. And then that's how he'd start making beats. Wow. But he started making beats on that. And then as soon as he started making beats, pretty much we started writing raps. And then he to record the songs, the early songs, we had to, because you couldn't record and listen at the same time, like the full duplex, the computer didn't do that didn't have that technology yeah it wasn't yeah, the capabilities at that stage yeah so what we do is he would he would um dump the beat onto a tape so put that on a tape we listen to the tape and then rap and record the vocals and then paste them over the top fuck really 
Yeah. Jesus and Christ. And the thing is, though, because the, what we realised, we started to realise was because tapes, you know, slightly stretch. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing a long verse. Ends up a bit off time. And you're getting off time. <laughs> oh, that would have been fucking. What was the program called? It's called Gold Wave. Gold Wave. You ever hear that, yeah. Russ? No. Hard way to make beats. <laughs> Dude. And then having to what? Fucking fit the verse to the beat. Like, you know, I mean, obviously uh, rap to the beat, but then lay it on top separately. Yeah, yeah then you'd have to lay it on top separately. Fuck. Everything was in layers. So, But by the end of it, he was pretty good. Like, mm. you know, he was doing, yeah, he, like he had change-ups and all the beats. He'd add layer stuff, like find a, you know, a horn stab and layer it on top of another sample. Wow. Yeah. He was getting pretty good with it. And then he moved on to something else. Um, I think it was just like acid. What was it? Acid? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. probably the earliest one I know yeah. of. Yeah. Acid. Yeah. So then he moved on to that. And um but he kinda yeah, he just he he just liked doing it and he was not interested in kind of I don't think he really cared about it getting hurt or anything. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. And then so he just yeah, kind of he wasn't as motivated, I guess, as as um yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you hook up with DJ FX? Oh, so that's my brother again. That was, I think he met him at Obese Records. Oh, and uh, yep. and then they started hanging out a lot because he had a crazy, he had a crazy collection. And my brother's collection was pretty big. Yeah. And, and, um, and yeah, then, yeah. He introduces to heaps of dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because effects is effects is a legend, man. He's one of those dudes, and I've fucking I'm, I've like I've spoken to effects in the past about coming on the podcast, and then I forget. I'm going to write his name down now. I'm going to fucking reach out to effects again because he's an yeah, absolute fucking legend, man. And he become like a fixture throughout your career up in up into the muffin yeah. platonic days, even. Hey. Yeah, yeah. I do hear from him occasionally. Still. Yeah, still talking oh. to him. Yeah, occasionally, yeah, just like a message here or there. Mm, but mm, um, I think my brother and him still catch up. Oh, that's dope. Uh, Big shouts to Karis, man. Big shouts to fucking DJ FX. He's, uh, yeah, we got to hear his voice on this podcast soon. He's done so much. Even like even the, our early days going down to Melbourne, like he'd be there holding a camera and stuff, like, you know, even if he wasn't DJing. And yeah, he'd be DJing yeah. on half those shows, you know? Oh, man, he's got heaps of footage. Oh, bro, of, yeah. Stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah he it's, filmed, he filmed some fucking crazy stuff down there. Yeah, he'd have some fucking, he'd have. I'm pretty archives. sure he's. I'm pretty sure he's got. So one of the first local shows I went to was um Black Stump, a Black Stump show. Oh, so Paisy and uh, Lenny at Revolver. Yeah, and I'm sure he's got footage of that. Oh, dude, man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going to go into those archives and see that sort of shit. So fucking, are, are we talking about the kind of early stages of the the first Pureheads joint, or like were those demos making the cut for what would become the what was the fucking album called? The Pureheads joint oh, that you just put like, out. We did like four, I think. Four we records, did, did you? We did like four CDs worth of, uh, you know, they were, they were collections of songs. They weren't like like they were albums, but they weren't what I kind of they. Were, just making songs and putting them all together, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, but they were demos, really, because yeah, they weren't mastered properly. Um, they were, you know, we did our best to mix them and and that. But there were, yeah, I think there was about four, and then there was one, probably the one you're thinking of, which I can't even remember the name of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like that, eh? <laughs> It's the one that um that we put a bit more effort into, I think. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I do remember that. It was called um I think it was called Just Us, Just because Us. then after that I, we weren't aware, but um 
one of the funnel web guys hit us up going, oh, you can't call it that because there was a group called Just Us already. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. but I didn't know. We didn't know. So um, anyway, oh, but, yeah. I'm just looking. Um, despite the odds? Oh, sorry, despite the odds. Just yeah. Us, then despite the odds. Oh, okay. Just yeah, Us yeah, was 99, yeah. then despite yeah. the odds was um, 2000. And I'm, yeah. that's the one. That's the one I remember. There was four other ones before that. There was uh, one called. They were all a play on pure, like purity. Pure, I don't know. I can't remember them, but yeah, yeah, we we were churning out songs like a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is. Uh, I'm just looking at it now because it's listed on Discogs, and I and I was gonna ask because I always thought A Love was a part of Pure Heads for some reason, but she just appeared on that one joint on there. Yeah. So yeah. So well, yeah. Her and my brother were seeing each other for a while, and uh, she would yeah, well, wanna. She was on, yeah. They did a couple of songs. This is the this is the one that fucking sepia sort of toned cover one. That yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one, man. That's the one. I mean, dude, these are fucking. This is like the you know we're going back to fucking ninety nine two thousand. This is like foundation shit. You know, like you've been there for fucking decades, and you know I know you've been quiet in recent times and stuff like that. And we're going to get you know I want to go through all this history, but this is man, like this is you know this is early foundation shit, dude. You know, like that we need to kind of you know keep the stories out there and all that kind of thing. How did things go with the people? heads man because you quickly kind of went solo in the you know in the immediate years following or you know it appeared to it, it appeared to go that way yeah i can't remember how that happened i don't i don't know why but yeah i just started i just like doing and i guess i was wanted to do some of my own songs my own ideas and um and so i did a bunch of stuff with um uh osanaka and then i started working with other, other producers as well yeah yeah there was no, I don't think there was any discussion really about it. We just kind of did it. And then my brother wanted to make his own songs as well. And then, yeah, yeah, I think it, um, yeah, it just, just kind of naturally went that way. That's how, that's, yeah, that's just how it goes, dude. When you're in a group too, you know, like you've got to navigate, you know, navigate the fucking various issues of being in a group, be it your brother or not, you know, like it's fucking, it's always that kind of thing. And didn't he start a website or something? Did he start Oz Hip Hop? No, no, what is it? Yeah, no, so he did, um. He did a thing, a database, uh, a long time ago called Oz Seller. It was like that's a CD-ROM. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It was just like a database of all the information he could find on rap music and credits on, um, you know, like you could look up a producer and see everything that they produced. Yes. You could look up an artist and you could see every guest verse they ever did. That's you could. Man. It's kind of like that. And he's kind of got a similar thing now going. Like it's called, I think it's called Musosis. Okay, yeah. And it's all, yeah, it's like an, I think it's an online streaming service, but it's all just rap. Really? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'm not sure if it's still going. I hope it is. But um, because yeah. I haven't spoken to him about that in particular in a while. But um, yeah, he got that all set up and it's a similar thing. So, you know, if yeah, if you like an artist, you can, you know, stream all these other songs that they, you know, they've yeah, been. of course. Yeah. It collates all the music. And you guys were on Culture Kings too. I wasn't on that. So that was just my brother and A-Love, I think. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a pure head song, but I wasn't on that one. Oh, ah, right. I did do a track on um the third one. Oh, yeah, uh, the third one too. Yeah, I was on the third one with Ransom. Oh, word? For real? Sick. Yeah, so that was a little highlight. 
get in the door, join with him. Oh, definitely, dude. Definitely, definitely. Were they fucking like, you know, what did you hear early on, you know, like in terms of, you know, defining your sound and honing, you know, because you, I mean, you were already rapping in your accent. You were very much sort of in touch with the person you were young or you appeared to be, you know, there was always a, always a deep introspection in your music. What kind of, what, what influenced that, bro? From such early days, you know? Um, probably, oh, look, to be fair, I didn't start out in my, with my natural kind of voice, like mm. I went through, I had to grow to kind of get there, yeah. but, um, but as far as the introspection goes, probably, uh, would be the grouch. My brother brought home, uh, an album called Success is Destiny. Mm, okay. Um, that, yeah, that, that record kind of just, yeah blew my mind because it was just super um kind of super introspective and straight up and you know and honest um, you know honest yeah yeah, yeah. so that, that would have been the first one yeah and then you know then i got into stuff like atmosphere and yeah, a whole bunch of others as well yeah yeah all that, and, sort, all that sort of shit comes along and comes through the mix yeah yeah so it just yeah it kind of just um and i felt i did i mean yeah it kind of came naturally to me as well yeah um but um i did also feel at the time that there weren't that many other artists doing it dude, uh, it, it, dude yeah. it, it really what separated you from the pack at the time man for real yeah yeah, which sometimes was positive and sometimes negative. Could too. have been hundred percent. Particularly, you know, particularly we're talking about that period where it's fucking chest beating, fucking macho rap. You know, we're all we're all man, like fuck, dude. We're all doing similar things, but you weren't. You know, like you know, like I said, that fucking that that debut solo of yours. That's what ninety nine two thousand. I mean, you were there, man. You were, you know, you were really kind of fucking in touch with it early. And like I said from the outset, like I think like you know, younger artists today, like whether they recognize the influence or not, but like the completes and. Um, you know, even Wombat, like them dudes, man, like whether they realise the influence or not, like you were there doing that early, man. Like what they're kind of doing today with the introspection and the self-analysis and all that kind of thing, you were fucking, man, you were on from the jump when other dudes weren't doing that, man. Like, you know, by and large, you know, the major the major voices in the scene weren't doing that and you were fast establishing yourself as one of the major voices. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. yeah, these guys are definitely – I look at the young guys now and I'm like, holy shit. The skill level's gone through the roof. Oh, hasn't it, bro? Hasn't it? Fuck yeah, man. Like, dude, listen, yeah. I, I'm sitting opposite fucking Insidious, man, and, like, the dude the dude is fucking a bunch of reasons why I'm not rapping at the moment, but, <laughs> but, but many of the other reasons why I'm doing this too, you know? So it's just like I can't keep up with that level, man. I'm just like, holy fuck. I'm listening to these cunts now, and I'm just like, man, I ain't got that shit, you know? Like, I love I, I love it, and I think, you know, if I've got to step into that fucking arena and be competitive, that's what I've got to fucking do. But that's why it's just like, damn, man, I listen to it. I, you know, I hear some of these joints before they're coming out, and I'm like, cunt, that is fucking, that is intimidating spitter from someone who considers himself a spitter, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> or, or exactly. considered themselves that. <laughs> I, I figure as you get older, you got to use that to your advantage to stand out yet again. So, <laughs> yeah. you, it's kind of like, you know, on some slow, slower raps, kind of, well, these dudes are going 100 miles a minute. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Super, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
Where do, where, do you, where do you find yourself with emceeing today? Do you like, you know, because I know you put out the um, the grain of salt thing recently. And I, I want to get to that because I knew nothing of that, bro. And I apologize, man. Like until I started sort of doing my own research, I was just like, fuck, this kind of had something out in the last couple of years. Because I thought, dude, like the muffin platonic stuff may have been the last, the last shit from you, you know, kind of, I don't know whether it flew under the radar for everyone. I doubt it did. I would imagine there's a lot of people. It's available on Spotify if you're, um, <clears throat> if you want, uh, you know, if you, if you're, um, out there checking for it. Fuck, what was it? Um, sorry, dude, let me see if I can bring it up. Just, oh, yeah, Daniel Young. Yeah. The Daniel yeah. Young joint with a grain of salt. Yeah, like I was just like, man, and I was bugging out on it. It's dope. You work with Dill Thomas on that one? Yeah, so that, that one uh, was Dill Thomas and uh, Gully Chaps, which is Cam and Dill were in a group called um, Polo Club. Okay. So both those dudes, yeah, I got um, yeah beats from both those dudes, and I did a lot of the work. Um, a lot of it was um, with Cam, so I recorded the whole thing with Cam yeah. in uh, Lee and Gather, which is about a two-hour drive from where I live. Fuck, yeah. So yeah. I go down there on the weekend and, yeah, try and nut it out. And, and um, yeah, man, it was good. I enjoyed doing it. That, that was the whole point because, yeah, like I felt a bit like towards the end of Muffin Pluto, it was, I don't know, there were expectations as far as what, what management and labels kind of wanted, I suppose. Yeah. And it was for your benefit too. They, you know, <clears throat> but the pressure of it, yeah, I wasn't really into, to be honest. Like, yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. So you found yourself just like the, the pressure, it was fucking like, the, it, it had grown beyond you. Yeah, it was, yep. well, yeah, like, because, you know, you start working, like we did start, we actually started working on another record, but we didn't get far in. Mm. But, um, yeah, I just yeah, I just I felt like I I was I became so critical of what I was writing that um I struggled to write at all. Bro, so, I can't take listen, bro. You you fucking you're talking to me, man, because I find myself the same. <laughs> you know, like I, I I don't know, I don't know about you, Russ, but yeah, I, like if I try to write today and I have I'm just like, fuck, man, I am so hypercritical of it. You know, it's just like, it's almost like, fuck, you know, you, you just fuck, you're fucking yourself out the gate, you know, in terms of, yeah. you know, like just stepping back out there and trying to, you know, put pen to paper. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, so that's kind of brings me back to that uh, with a grain of salt record was just like no pressure an outlet and, you know, to see if I could do it again. Mm. You know, many years had passed. And um, there was no expectations for what it was going to do, and um, it didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't fucking. But like it, it, you know, like you didn't really sort of. I mean, you didn't go out there with it, did you? Like with oh, the intent oh, of. No. Okay, so so with that record, um, there was only really one label that I was interested in, maybe putting it out through, mm. and um, and they were like, oh, you know, it's kind of. You know, they said, oh, you know, we really dig it, but it's kind of not in the same vein of what we're doing now. Really? Um, and they were kind enough to get their publicist to send me kind of like a list of um, radio and pe people I could like contact, some contact details I could kind of service it to myself. Yeah, yeah. And so I did that and I heard back from a couple of people from radio that um, oh and how how gave it a good spin gave it a spin yeah uh, and then uh, yeah and then it kind of just I had no follow ups like I was told 
because I hadn't done any of that stuff with the Muffin Pluto. We had publicists and stuff, so yeah, I didn't. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And um, and I was told, oh, if you haven't got film clips, you haven't got shows coming up, you know, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do shows. Yeah, and dude. I, yeah. I got money for film clips, and I didn't have. I was an apprentice at the time, and I didn't have. Um, you know, I didn't really have enough money to uh, even get hard copies done. So I kind of just decided to just make it a digital release and um, and let it do its thing yeah. and just. All I did was really just Instagram, Facebook, let people know, and that was it. And that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that, that's exactly it, dude. I mean, you know, you're coming – and I want to get into that, man. I want to get into, like, the, the machine that you had behind you at a point in time, and then you go, you know, and you you step back. I mean, how many how many years? Was there almost 10 years between fucking the last Muff uh, – you know, the last uh, Muff and Pluto record and then Grain of Salt? Was it 2017 or something? Yeah. 2018? Yeah. It was 2019. 2019. We stopped touring 2011. Fuck. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, so it was a long time. And it was, the thing is, is I tried many times in yep. that course of time to make more songs and make an album, but it just just wasn't working. Had and you? So oh, sorry. Sorry. Found, eventually, I found Cam and Dill, and it kind of just worked. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of just went in like you know, like fucking no expectation. You know, were you were you putting anything on yourself, or were you just like, man, fuck it, I'm getting creative. It was pretty much that, man. Just yeah. getting creative. I can do whatever I want. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not. Um, it doesn't have to get. It doesn't have to do anything. It's this is my um, side project. You yeah. know, yeah. Just that's how you know. I'd like to make more, really. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was quite quite happy with um. You know, whichever way it went. If it had it popped off, great. But um, I don't care so much that it didn't either, really. And I'm being honest when I say that. Like, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Was there much? Was there like you know? You said you kind of you you were put in touch with a few labels and all that kind of thing. Was there much interest for what you would you know what you were about to do solo at this stage um, post post Muffin Pluto? Yeah. So I was there's only one label that I hit up, which was a local label, which is one that you know I kind of. I thought, you know, might work. Mm. Um, and they, you know, they were super positive about it and, and rapped that I was, you know, I'd made another record. But, they were, you know, they're looking at newer, younger guys and, yeah, of course. you know, different style, different sound. And I understood. And yeah. um, and I thought it was awesome that they then turned around and, you know, actually still helped me, mm. even though they weren't getting anything from that. They just helped me as, you know, as a friend. And um, yeah. I won't forget that. So, yeah, and then when I sent it to radio, like oh, you know, like for example, Triple J, a couple of couple of the um, hosts there got back to me, said, "Yeah, we'll give it a spin. We're going to give it a spin." And then of course, um, they didn't. So yeah, 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 yeah. And that, and I, I, I spoke back to you know the label guy. I said, "Oh, is this normal?" You know, and they're like, "Yeah, if you don't have a follow up, like a you know a press release saying, oh, there's a film clip." about to be released or coming up, they're not going to plug it. So Yeah, yeah, because you do, do – Oh, well, what will be, you know, that's all right. Yeah, that's it because, I mean, fucking, you know, between, you know, between the last Muffin Platonic record and then Tomorrow Came 2008 and then releasing again in 2019, even if you are touring in those years post that last record, you know, the landscape, the the, the landscape for Australian rap music fucking changes so much, you know, just particularly in those years, man, like fucking, you know, and it's, it changes off the back of what you guys did and set up too, you know, like how did you find – 
how did you find that stepping back into it, dude? Like, you know, you've said it was just like, man, it's no expectation. I'm going out there. But were you watching that shit? Were you watching that shift? Like knowing what you guys had been through with a fucking major, you know, like label, like label shit, you know, and the machine, then seeing that fucking shift to it being all you, you know, how were you feeling about that? You mean, you, you mean like as far as the styles, the style mm. change? Yeah, no, no, know. well, not, not even necessarily the style, just how we release music now. So, you know, you're coming from fucking having a machine, releasing fucking, you know, physical format, man, selling wax, all that kind of shit. You step back for fucking, you know, like seven, eight years, something like that, and then you're bouncing back in. There's a new generation coming through that are all harnessing social media. They're all using all these new platforms and stuff like that, and you're releasing music digitally. Like, was that – did you find that – different or were you happy with that were you happy did that suit this project no i i found i found that i've realized i can't keep up with these dudes yeah <laughs> it's you know <laughs> they're they're too they're just so pro productive and, and they're hungry and um yeah. yeah i came to the realization that i just i've just got to go at my own pace yeah yeah and and do the you know kind of do what i can afford to do really as far as promoting yeah. and um and I don't really have the same amount of time That's to to pour into you know doing a you know dropping a verse live on uh, TikTok or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, dude. That's it. You know, That's I don't it. have time for it. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah the game it's just it's it's completely changed, and that's not a not a bad thing. Like it's just what it is, and I and I've got to remember. Like I had to remember when. Muff and Pluto did our last record. CDs were still selling. Yeah, exactly. So, That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, at least we finished that chapter up, you know, on a high note. We yeah. got we got away with a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. That's it. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, CDs were still selling when you were fucking there. You're still pushing out wax. You're pushing physical copies. You're touring, you know, like, and then it all changes. And that, that, that whole thing, like, of um, – of not being able to keep up. I, I get that 100%, man, because you see the fucking work ethic. But you're also talking about there's a, there's a difference, uh, you know, in putting out music pre-30 versus putting out music post-30, you know. So even in the early, even in your early 30s, you still got that time. But once that fucking family and, you know, you have kids and all that sort of shit starts creeping in, you know, if, if you're leaving it that late in life, however you're doing it, personally, whatever. But, like, you know, I mean, motherfuckers, like, you, you got – dude, listen, you personally moved at a pace – at that age, at that, you know, 18, 19, 20. I mean, look at your output, man, for, you know, like I'm aware of the two, the two pure heads joints. But as you yeah. said, you had fucking four records, then you have a solo. And then by 03, you know, you're signed to Obese, you know. So let's fucking, let's go back into the history books again a little bit. Actually, dude, I want to ask you from the outset, the origins of your name, Muff, like Muffin. Where's that come from? Oh, man, it's not that exciting. It's a, um, <laughs> it really it's is. Just, uh, you know, you think of the top of a muffin, mm, mm, mm. and that was the hair. That what my hair was like when I was a bit younger. Oh no, shit! <laughs> yeah. That's fucking awesome. Uh, that's funny. That's it, man. That's that's what it came from. The muffin. One of those things where I just it was weird. Like this dude just started calling me that, and then uh, a couple other guys started calling me that. Mm. And then I, yeah, oh, yeah, I called myself that. Then you adopted it. And I didn't really think. I didn't have. You know, I was young, and I didn't think of the fact that maybe I might not like this name soon. <laughs> and, then, uh, and it was too late. It was too late. So yeah. it, was, it was too late by that. Once time. you pick it, you got to run with it. Yeah, dude, you got to run with it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah, so, dude. <laughs> so, 
yeah. <laughs> but you shortened it at a point, I suppose, to the month. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the shortening came from um, from Raph, Raph Boogie. Oh, really? Think, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think he called me Muff first. The first dude that called me Muff, and then yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then so yeah, when we did the first Muff and Plutonic record, yeah, that's when I changed it completely. Just yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. I love fucking you know while we're on the subject of Raf, I mean your contribution to um the second Mnemonic Ascent album, and then beyond that BVA's joint on um on um fucking what's your solo? What's what's the fucking joint called? Uh, more than music on fucking yeah, more than music, dude. That bit, that joint yeah. BVA on there, man. Fuck, you did, man. Yeah. You, you had some great collabs with the Monica. Sam. Oh man, I had a great time. Like I, I recorded a few of those songs from More Than Music at uh, BVA's joint in Adelaide, mm. and I remember going down there, spent the whole week there, we just get up um, and start recording all day, That's, and then uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. That's so, um, that's how fucking that's how uh, uh, band in Queensland was created, and I think Stone broke too. I think they, Brother Stoney did a similar thing. It's funny you say that because I wonder because when I went down there um, about two weeks before I'd been there, Lazy had been down there for a week. Yep, and I wonder if that's what he was recording. It would have been, man. It would have been. Yeah. Was that like around two thousand? Oh no, you know what it would have been? They would have been recording Stone Broke, the Brother Stoney. It was oh, probably okay. him and Len. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, because he was down there. He would have been down there for band in Queensland post you recording. So more than music drops in two thousand and three on Obese Records, and I want to get into that like that 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 middle period there between fucking Pureheads, your solo in ninety nine, and then you signing to Obese. So you dropping on Obese. I want to get into that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, BVA was kind of one of the people, one of the few in the country running a proper studio at that time. Hey, like a lot of people were going over there to record specifically with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always had guys coming and going all the time when mm -hmm. I was there. Mm. Um, I think yeah, when I was down there, I'm pretty sure Kuro popped in and did some stuff for a bit, and then yep. and yeah, yep. yeah, you had lots of people coming and going, and um, yeah, yeah. What? I think he was having fun too. That's it, dude. Exactly right, man. Just fucking getting creative, doing that thing. It was an amazing space. I went to. I, I um, I had the pleasure of visiting. I mean, cunts have heard the story if they're listening to this fucking podcast. We were there for you know a, a, a small portion. We were there for a day when Oath recorded his or Ken Oath recorded his joint for Band in Queensland. We heard a few joints there and stuff like that. And yeah, it was just it was an amazing space. The BVA. And then after the fact, I would stay at BVA's. We went down there f uh, for a couple of couple of shows in Adelaide once and I'm pretty sure we stayed there twice it was just an amazing space man like you know just amazing yeah. studio and you know he made everyone so comfortable too you know yeah 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 it was really good but dude that period between um yeah between your first solo who I am and then obese what goes on in that period let's you know there's four years there obviously you're going to you go to Adelaide to record with BVA but like what's the what's the negotiation so you're fully solo by this stage um you know you're fucking you're out there you're doing it and obese is popping you're one of the yeah. early signees. Yeah, so I think I'd started working in the store already by then. So I can't remember if I was doing a couple of days a week or whether I was doing full week or I can't remember. But it chopped and changed a bit, I think. But um, then I pretty much had the album done off my own, you know. I'd organised all the recording. I'd um, recorded it all. I was ready to go. And I think I might have played it to Tyrion. And, yeah, he said, oh, man, we'll put it out for you. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah, sweet. So then he um, 
he hooked us up with Mexi. Yes. Yeah. Mexi did our artwork from then on. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and Mexi really set the standard for art through that yeah. period, didn't he, man? Like that. It almost like you know, like well, he did a lot of the obese releases, didn't he? Well, the majority he of, them. of them. Yeah. 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 I think um, I think Ben Funnel did a bunch yes. too. Yeah. Maybe later on after Mexi, because Mexi, Mexi moved overseas. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I think after that, yeah. Yeah. Up. And big shouts to Mexi um, if he tunes into the podcast, man. I know he tunes in on occasion, but yeah, legendary, legendary dude. Early member of the Hospice crew out of Canberra and then in Melbourne and then started doing all the artwork. I go back to Checkmates episode if anyone wants to hear some crazy stories about Mexi. Like he was just, uh, yeah, you know, like, excuse me, a. Um, just a, like a, a, an amazing artist. I remember Czech is telling us a story about him getting a job and taking a cast of his leg or something to get a foot in the door or some shit. Like I, I can't remember. I'm butchering the story, man. But you know, like, and then <laughs> and then he would he would um you know sort of go on to shape like a lot of the fucking like all the album covers. And I have that written down, man. Like I, I recall I recall um uh, more than music being one of the first one of the first obese records to really sort of harness just that look that look that he brought to obese. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. what dropped on obese just prior to you? You dropping in 03. What was what was dropping in and around more than music? Uh do you remember? Um maybe Capricorn Cat. Uh, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Um also, Reason Solid might have been a bit before that, I think, because that was the first one, wasn't it? Solid was the first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you would have been there a bit before it, because I think oh, mine might have been Reography. Yeah, it might have been Reography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Or Authentic. Yeah, Authentic. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Which which is one of my favourites. Of course, dude. Of course. When do you step in? Is Brad still working there when you step into Obese? For a while. Yep. For a while, yeah, because yeah. yeah. obvious, obviously we had Shaz on the epi- on um on the podcast a couple episodes, you know. But most people, I think, a lot of people tuning in have probably heard that one by now. And um, you know, you you were there post Shaz, weren't you? I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was post Shaz. I think, yeah, I'm yeah. not 100 sure, but I think so. So I worked when I was in there. I worked with um, uh, Pegs, Soul, uh, Frank, um, Bias, yeah. Uh, Brad a little bit, uh, and I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, there was a bunch of other dudes. Ivan's worked there. Do you remember? You heard of Ivan? Oh, dude, I have. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, he worked yeah. There a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the guy James. Um, yeah, so I worked with a bunch of dudes there. Yeah, man, and like you're hearing some of the most, you know, some of the most formative names out of Melbourne during that period, man. All you know, all fucking running the desk at Obese, man. How did you find that stepping into that retail role? I loved it, man. Yeah. I was proud as punch that I worked there. Yeah, 100%. I believe it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it was great, man. We had, had a good time. A lot of probably too much talking. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was good. It was nah, good. That's it, man. That's it. And the response to More Than Music, dude, do you go out and tour it and fucking like, I mean, A Better Man is a great song, dude. Like there's some great songs on there. Great joint with Bias. I was talking about the joint with BVA. There's some fucking, you know, amazing music on there. How's the initial response to to More Than Music? And and, and the follow-up. Like, so how does it sort of, how do things go? Do you start touring that? Are you touring with Pet? Who, how's all that going? Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I went around and toured a bit, but I would have only done like just, just – um, you know, the States, and probably not, I don't think I did Perth. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I would have done, um, maybe not Tassie even, I might have done just uh, Sydney, Melbourne, and Brizzy, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I, 
but I don't even think that I was headlining them. I think I was just touring alongside. But then we did a lot of. I'm pretty sure we did a lot of support shows. So it was just me and Effects. Yeah, um, right. Yep. Effects, and we um, yeah, a lot of the interstate art. Oh, sorry, international artists would come out, and then you know they'll play in a revolver, and we'd get on it. Yeah. Do a 20 minute set, and, and that would include um, include. Yeah, or the more the music songs, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's on more than music that you start connecting with Platonic, isn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah. So the story with meeting Pluto is, um, I think it was might have been the uh, Far Side or no Far Side or the Licks or someone was playing at um, uh, what was the venue called? It's called Max Watts now. What was it called before High Five? Oh, hi-fi, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I went there with a copy of uh, More Than Music, maybe. Mm. It must have been More Than Music. I thought it was Who I Am. I can't. No. Yeah, I can't. Ah, here's the guy. Yeah, so it was Who I Am, which was an album before More Than Music, yeah. which I put out myself. Um, and uh, Prowler was there, and the Flex is like, you should give a copy to Prowler. Go, okay, which which guy? <laughs> yeah, the man of mystery. <laughs> yeah, so I gave gave a copy to Prowler yeah. and thought nothing of it really. Yeah, and then um, wasn't too much longer, and I remember the uh, so wasn't too much longer, and enough said we're working on that beats from the vaults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that record? Definitely so they do. Yeah, they did two. They yep. did two. The first one. So I remember this like we. So they asked. They asked. Uh, Soul, Soul was on it. Pegs, Brad, myself, and Jace all all um, went to Prowler's joint. Yeah. Sat down and they said, "Oh look, we've got all these beats." They had like I don't know, it was like thirty to fifty beats. Wow. And they're like, "Oh, we're going to put them on, and you guys are going to choose which ones you want." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember Brad chose one that I wanted. Yeah. But I didn't say anything because you know, I was younger and that, and I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. And, and Brad's Brad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was pretty crazy. I was, I was very intimidated sitting around all those guys. Oh, dude! Going, holy shit! I can't believe I'm here. And yeah. um, off the back, this is off the back of, um, off the back of who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking so a, of course. It's amazing how you know one thing, you know, uh, stepping stones. One thing leads to another. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then. Then after that, I did that song, and they put out the vinyl, and then I got a phone call. I can't remember whether it was Pegs or whether it was – pretty sure it wasn't Lee himself. It might have been Prowler or Jace. Or, it was probably Prowler, but – and said, oh, this mate of mine, uh, Platonic Labs, done a remix of his song. Mm. you got to hear this. And he played it over the phone, and I was like, holy shit, like just the bass in this song. Yeah. I was, Man, this is insane. Yeah. So um, – so then, I he introduced me to him, and I said, "Oh man, you know, I um, I love it, I love it, I love it. Can I have it?" Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, he's like, "Yeah, and, um, you know." Back then, actually, like back then, it wasn't much money, but you know, he he was charging beats, as he should be. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then I got that one, and then and then so then I, I think he ended up doing another four, or maybe even more, on my more than music. Mm. So. Kind of from the who I am, I ended up uh, being on enough set joint, which then introduced me to Lee, and then we 
he did a bunch on more than music and then after that we did just just together you yeah. know yeah 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 because he also produced on uh he produced on capricorn cat too didn't he yeah, 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 from memory. Yeah, because yeah. we've had yeah. we we've had him on the podcast way back, and like I said to you off air, I probably should have gone back and visited that episode just to <clears throat> just to you know just refresh my mind on things. But I can't fucking listen to these things, man. Like once they once they're done, or once I got to do edits or something like that, it's just fucking it's out and it's fucking you know I'm not really going back to going back to checking. But yeah, I should fucking I should do that. You bro, you work with Suffer around that same time, didn't you? Yeah. So the Suffer link up, uh, he was on uh, more the music as well, yeah. and. Here's the thing, this is a trip. Like, um, my brother used to do, it was almost like he was my manager. He used to go, oh man, you got to get, you know, these hoods to you know, this. He, he'd been in touch with Matt, with Suffer. Yeah. And he he reached out and said, oh, my brother's working on this album, you know, would you, what do you think about getting on a song and doing a song and, you know, have you got any beats or whatever? And he, so he sent over a beat CD. Mm. And it had like a Suffering City logo thing on it, like photocopy thing. And then it had like all these boxes, like one, two, three, four, five, six. And they were all the numbers of the beats. Yeah, yeah. And he'd have the ones that are used crossed off. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones were available. And half those beats that were on there, or not, I don't know if it was half, but there was a bunch of them on there that were on left foot, right foot. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. So, uh, and then, so I heard him, and then, you know, then I heard that album afterwards, like, holy shit. Like, he <laughs> sent me. Yeah. So, yeah, so I grabbed one from him, and um, yeah, I think I did my, I can't remember who did, I think I did my verse first, and then I just sent it to him, and then he did his and sent it back, and yeah. That, that was it. So, yeah. That joint, that joint time four off the Suffering City, off that, yeah. like, yeah, that's fucking, that's sick, dude. That's killer. Yeah, man, I love that beat. It's dope, eh? It's dope, man. Yeah. And he made some fucking, he made some great beats during that period, yeah. man. I, I only realized recently he did every show. Like, I was like, fuck, that's a suffer beat. I didn't even fucking know, yeah, man. Yeah. 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 He, did, he, did, they did, he did a couple on, um, what was the other Pegs record? Um, Axis? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, um, what was that fucking, what was that joint on Axis? That, um, I think it was the big one. The, the what one. was it? Back then. Back, back then. then. That's the yeah. one. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. I never liked that hook, but yeah, that was fucking. Um. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, man, it, it caught Mad Burn on Triple J, you know, like as as oh, a lot yeah. of as a lot of the obese releases did. And Axis was a fucking Axis was a great record, man. That was a fucking that was a really good record. But so you and you and bloody um you and Pluto connect kind of through fucking Nuff said, but then it goes over, you know, it goes over to obese, and you know, I I do recall fucking Pluto telling us that you know he saw. Sort of saw Nuff said as you know they were kind of just doing the underground thing, sticking to their lane, and you know Pegs was really driving, starting to drive the ship over with Obese, and he saw someone you know who fucking you know had a degree of ambition beyond the underground, you know, and he sort of you know he took he you know he he was wanted to focus on that lane also, obviously, like I do recall him saying something to that effect, you know, was that was that your kind of vision as well, you know, or were you just sort of were you just fucking were you just there, man, just in the mix? Um. Yeah, I was just in a mix, man. Mm. I wasn't thinking. I wasn't. I was ambitious just to make the next song, though. Yes. I wasn't. Yep. I wasn't ambitious as far as trying to make a living or anything. I wasn't at that point. Mm. Like Lee was. Lee was a bit older than me, and I think yeah, he was. He poured so much time and effort and and passion into his music that you know, he, it was you know, it was the only decision he really could make. Yeah. Fuck. What you got a storm down there? But for me, I think we kind of got along and kind Can't of. You hear that? Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean I don't want to cut you off, Muff. There's just a, oh, you got a mad storm going on in the background. 
I'm getting my computer wet. Oh, you're fucking for real. Shut the window, bro. All right. <laughs> Have you got headphones on or anything? No, nah, no, nah, that's all right. I'll just move into a room where I can close the door. All good, mate. <laughs> yeah, all good, mate. <laughs> uh, you're dry, mate. Need a towel. So, isn't there some? Isn't there some fucking crazy storm going on down there at the moment? Yeah, there is, man. I've been sitting outside because it's like the best spot for me to chill. Yeah, and um, and then it's just started raining. So oh, come, the sounds better already, eh? That sounds fucking way better, dude. Yeah. So that's dope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what were we talking about? The ambition or something? Oh, dude. Yeah. So like, fucking. I just. I remember. I remember when we spoke with Pleto. He was talking about. You know, enough said. We kind of just. They were in. They were in that underground lane, and he just had ambitions beyond that. You know, and like his sound definitely is kind of fucking. I don't know, man. There was a mad morphing between you and him. Like, you know, you've kind of broken down where that connection initiates and fucking sets off. Dude, I can't even remember the question. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just fucking. I'm just rambling, man. <laughs> For whatever it's worth. But, yeah, you know, I mean, there's only a year between more than music and hunger pains. Are you working on, yeah. do, you know, do you go straight yeah. for, off more than music, straight into hugging, <coughs> excuse me, into hunger pains? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I, like, I just kept asking him for more, more. Yeah. And then uh, more and more beats. And then he'd send me a beat, and I was pretty quick back then. Like, I'd have a song ready to go, like, the two days later. That's it, eh? And, um, yeah, we just... Yeah, we were just working pretty quickly. And um, then it got to the point where in my head I was like, oh, originally I said, oh, just to do an EP. Mm. And it was it was going to be, um, uh, you know, we hadn't really discussed calling it Muffin Plutonic at that point. Mm. It was just I was just focusing on getting it done. Yeah. Um, and I was probably, really, I was probably thinking, oh, this would just be my EP. But um, yeah. then – in my head, I was like, no, I don't want it to be an EP. I want to do an album. And so then we had a chat, and um, I can't remember who suggested. Someone said, oh, you sh well, you should double bill it. Yeah. And um, yeah. so we decided, yeah, we'll double bill it, and we'll go halves with everything. So um, The group was formed. So the group was formed, man. And, yeah, like that Hunger Pains record, which was just, yeah, we just were smashing it out. We did – I remember – I do remember doing the track with Minus. Yeah, um, yeah, at RMIT. So Lee was still going to or finishing up his sound sound design course, or, or he, you know, you'd have to. I'm not sure exactly which course it was he was doing. Just some was, sound engineering, audio engineering. So I, I remember going. I remember going in there and him going, "Oh, do you want to check out my project?" Go, yeah, okay. So he takes me into this room and there's like speakers in the corners. There's a speaker up above you. You know, there's a couple of others scattered around. Yeah. And and he just plays this kind of soundscape, semi-beat kind of soundscape thing. Yeah. And it moves and it moves around the room. Like the sound was moving around the room. Fuck. And this was a long time ago. This was, you know, 2000 and what would it have been? 2003? Four? 2003 or four? Yeah. Yeah. And I was bugging out. So holy shit, this is crazy. And mm. then... um. Yeah, these are just little memories I have of yeah making that record. Um, so yeah, we did. We jumped around a bit and recorded in different spots. Heaps good, I think, was done at Pegs's place. Did he? Did yeah. So so Pluto didn't have a studio set up of, of his own at that stage. I think he did, but yeah, yeah I think he did. But well, Heaps good was originally a different beat, and the lyrics were slightly different, and. Then we were at Pegasus joint, and Lee just played me this 
beat, that beat, the heaps good beat. I'm like, fuck, man, I, I want this. I've got to get on this. Let's do it now. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I just took the verses from it and just, yeah, we just smashed it out because we were there, there right then and there and just did it that way. Dude, heaps good, bro. Like, fuck, it's, man. I, I, can't, I was playing it today, man. Like, that shit, that joint, that, that joint is still a jam, bro. Like, that joint is still a joint. You know, like, it's fucking, it is a fucking good song, man. It's a great song, bro. And it's off a fucking great album. It's off, like, like I mean, Hunger Pains could be considered a fucking game changer, dude. Like, you know, like, what happened with Obese in those years and the years that would follow, man? Like, you were at the forefront of it, man. Early Triple J album of the week. You know, um, was dude was Mexi Zoo Dynamics? I don't know. Was that? Zoo? I don't know. Oh no! What was Zoo Dynamics? What the fuck sure. is Zoo Dynamics? Yeah, I don't know. That rings a bell, but yeah. I can't remember. Oh, Zoo no. Dynamics was something to do associated with pegs or something. I don't know. Oh, I, I can't remember. I, yeah, not sure. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it was Mexi. I think Mexi did have some, some sort of um, like he had his name on there in some, in some sort of capacity. I'm just looking for a fucking back cover i just saw zoo dynamics because i remember dude listen i remember when fucking <clears throat> when hunger pains dropped because and it's 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 bug that you mentioned minus and minus was on scars and stains for anyone listening minus from art of war because i remember art of wars was it the first chapter that dropped at the same time or around yeah, that same yeah. time you know same time as hunger pains like two really really definitive yeah, definitive melbourne records man yeah with yeah, two va- nice with, with two vastly different sounds too you know in a way yeah yeah definitely, definitely. so how quickly yeah. Sorry, man. It was a very um, creative time, really. I yeah, mean, so really. is now, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of sound, different sounds coming out then. I thought, I think a lot of different sounds and a lot of sounds that would shape where things are at now. You know, it really took the work of a lot of you guys to, you know, for things to exist in the way they do today. You know, like it was, you know, these are the foundations, man. And I mean, honestly, hunger pains. Like I remember, dude, I was fucking. I was bloody slaving away in a factory at the fucking time on the um, north side of Brisbane here and dude when heaps good broke on the radio man like that was um that was some shit like did you start seeing things move like you know you've already said you had no real anticipation of anything like how okay so can we can we get into that how do things start getting shot to triple j you you're now an obese i mean this is your second release on obese so you know 2003 the year prior you've dropped um more than music year later you're coming out with pluto hunger pains how do things start traveling after that bro Pretty well, but like I kind of had it in perspective, I think, because just before that record came out, um, I was performing some of the songs and doing uh, support for the Hoods at Corner Hotel in Melbourne. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And this was this was when they were popping off, yeah. And so I did a sold out show. Yeah. uh, So we did support. Oh guys, you want to play again tomorrow? We've got another sold out show. Oh yeah, sweet. Yeah. Uh, what, what about the next two nights? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah. So it went for like five nights. It was insane. Hey, I remember that. Yeah. And so when you see that, you see that, you know what, you know, popping off is yeah, like dude. really pop is. So, but for us, um, the differences we saw were, you know, we started to, yeah, we're getting bigger crowds at shows. Um, and we we're doing a lot of festivals and stuff. So mm-hmm. they were the main two things. And, you know, and the sales were good. So, yeah. well, for us, they were like, yeah, I was tripping out, but they weren't like, you know, hoods good. They yeah, were, yeah, but yeah. they were good. So, um, yeah, 
yeah, but it was very up and down for us. Um, so up and down, yeah, up, up and down in what regard? Um, well, as the years went on, you know, after kind of silence the sirens and things like that, mm-hmm. my reliability um, to doing good shows <laughs> was <laughs> was not, you know, where it should have been because okay. yeah. I wasn't thinking of it in terms of this is a career. Yeah. I think I was going for the ride. Exactly. And yeah. um, unfortunately that meant, yeah, like I sometimes drank a little more than, you know, a lot more than I should have and I didn't a, a really, little, I didn't really see it as a job I suppose. I didn't realise that, hey, wait a minute, these people are paying you to do this. Mm. You can't just walk up to your job drunk and, you know, get away with it. So yeah. Because of that, I feel as though because it, you know it'd be sometimes I'd do that, and then other times I, I felt like we were smashing it. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think because of that, sometimes when we go back to a place where that had happened, the numbers would be less because you know yeah you're not getting repeat um, attendees, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that yeah, that's kind of what happened. But in the initial stages, when we're doing like the Hunger Pains tour and doing the festivals, like. It was pretty crazy. Some yeah. of the crowds at some of the festivals were nuts. Like, what festival were you doing? So we did a uh, Falls Festival, Pyramid okay. Rock. Um, I think there was one called Kiss My Grass, which was like this kind of dance one. Yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah. And then um, we did heaps, man. Didn't like, you do did, like you did one of those Triple J ones too, didn't you? Grooving the Moo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, with Powderfinger. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking big shows, man. Big shows. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was crazy. They yeah, they were pretty crazy. Just look out. Oh, big day out as well. That was pretty good. That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, fuck, he's must have been on the big day out. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's insane. That's insane. And that's it's but it's bugged out the because I've forgotten that. I remember, man. I remember hearing about the hoods like, and that was what what release was that? That was their debut on Obese, wasn't it? And they sold out the fucking. Oh, that's when that's when um, nosebleed section starts popping, isn't yeah. it? And yeah, I remember- it was right as it was popping off, and I think yeah. they only saw more stars from there. Like as oh, far yeah. as that was the beginning of it. Like they, you know, they wouldn't be playing corner hotels anymore after that. Nah, 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 no way, dude. We saw them. Well, we well we fucking played on the same lineup as them. We go, we'd we'd support them later on. Also, we supported them on the hard road when they came to Brisbane and. Um, Fuck! Almost got booed off stage. Seven fifty did not get received well by the by the hoods crowd, man. Like fuck, they were chanting. Yeah. The bro, they were chanting hilltops over us. Oh man, pretty much the entire forty minute set we had. You know, it was fucking. It was fucking man. It was a full on show, sold out arena up here. But um, yeah, dude. They um, I remember they came to Brisbane just as nosebleed section was popping off, and they played this. Man, I think you guys might have played it too. The alley bar up here. Remember there was a bowling alley. Yeah, I remember that joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, you played that yeah. joint too, and um. This was just as all that shit and man, like the dude that was running it at the time, this Bezo dude, um, man, he crammed oh, that. Yeah. that name? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him cramming, like he crammed fucking hundreds of people into this fucking tiny little venue in Milton alongside a bowling alley. It's no longer there. It's a big fucking big ass park now. It got knocked down years ago. But um, yeah, we were in there, man, and it was a fucking, man, it was something to behold, eh? They were just, they were on the verge. And as you said, man, they'd never play those venues again following that. 
know, that was that yeah. was it. It was fucking. It was off to the moon from there. You know, but yeah. you, you guys kind of, you guys were kind of hot on their heels for a minute there, man. You know, and obese was fucking thriving, bro. What was it like to be on? You know, just in that scene at that time to be one of those acts to be alongside the hoods to be alongside. You know, I mean, fuck, you're there, man. You're, you're in the mix. It was good, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Block parties were always pretty good. Yeah, like, yeah. Like when, because I think the Hoods did the first one. I yes. think the first one was Draft before. still there. Bliss and Esso, like who? Who was yeah. who was there oh, with you yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bliss and Esso, and then yeah. So and then slowly, you know, some of the acts started to bounce to yeah. other levels. Um, so yeah, but Draft was still there. Um, Funkors. Um, who else? Yeah, a lot of oh, hijack and torture. Of course, hijack and torture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because well, DJ Bones, DJ Bones would go on to be your DJ too, wouldn't he? Later on, yeah. Post that, yep. yeah, yeah. He did like the last three or three years with us, I think, yeah. three or four years. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to get, I want to get to those to get, get to get to those releases. But like with the muffin platonic, I mean, you know, you you kind of you you being interest like you know being a more introspective kind of uh well int- like you know you uh, almost like an introvert not to fucking not to put any label on you but you kind of portrayed yourself to me as an outsider looking at your career you kind of put yourself out, out as an introvert you know an extroverted introvert you know because you're someone that could step on stages you could battle you could fucking spit like a motherfucker you know but how did you find how did you um find yourself in that moment as things are taking off like you i know you're in the mix you know like it's kind of fucking, you know, but like if you can kind of cast your mind back to that period there where things start, I mean, Triple J album of the week, that was a, that was a big look then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think like kind of, um, I think it was, maybe it was all in my own head, but I felt because that my stuff was a little more, I suppose, introspective and, and back then probably considered softer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little, paranoid i suppose about people um other people maybe other people and seeing what they thought of it you know dudes calling me whack because of it and and stuff like that so i was kind of i kind of kept to myself a bit i think um because of that really so but you're also also stepping onto you you know like you said you're fucking supporting the hoods now five shows in a row sold out how are you finding that personally how are you coping with that you know because you're going from fucking small shows you know you know smaller shows at revolver and you know wherever else and now you've now you're bloody playing to well you know what was the corner holding 600 people 500 people um yeah yeah about that you know and then on to even bigger shows as as stated big day outs and fucking boom 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 let's go through the list how are you finding that on a personal level was that just it was it was off to the races you you were enjoying it pretty much man pretty much off to the races but now looking back like perhaps i was scared like because i you know i I increasingly at times you know drinking too much before these shows and kind of you know and possibly that was fear i don't know um was it uh was it a coping i remember being, i remember when every time you know we get to do a festival i was super excited about it yeah, so yeah um yeah but then as time went on so probably about the third by the third record um you know we had management now and publicist and booking agent and all that stuff that's and crazy. that's crazy discussions man. on numbers and how many people are coming through the shows and yeah how many 
how many, how many, oh, have you sold out? Is it sold out? Is it sold out? There was too much focus on that. Like, yep. And it kind of killed the vibe for me a bit. And, I, you know, if if a show wasn't sold out, I took it to heart, you know. Yes. Oh, why is it not sold out? So yeah, instead yeah. of going, holy shit, we're lucky to be playing these venues, yeah. I was going, oh, Oh, they're not sold. Oh, it's not sold out, you know. Well, and expectation you know, comes in, hey. Like that's when yeah, expectation exactly. comes in. And I guess that's what I was talking about before. All that stuff just killed it. Like, yeah, I was supposed, you know, if if I did it again, I'd probably just, you know, go, oh, I don't really care. Like, mm. it doesn't matter. It's not important. Yeah. What's important is the vibe in the room that night. It doesn't matter how many people are there. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, in, but 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 that's but that's also but dude that's the that's the driving ambition too you know like you're fucking can you put you're putting in years now man at this stage you know like years into hip hop man years into your own career even by 2004 man you've been dedicated to the craft you know you've had multiple releases you know and as you know you know over the next couple of years and we'll sort of get through that things only grow even further as you're already sort of stating you know like it's you know and I mean I and I get like I hundred percent agree like even like even dude even like functioning on our level we were nowhere near a muffin platonic or anything like that but a degree of expectation crept in for us at that stage and i know pre-shows bro i'd be fucking drinking fucking bashing rack like doing all kinds of shit man just before walking on stage and you know some stage some shows you remember being just like fucking tear the roof off and then others you just you you can think back and go oh can't you were you yeah you probably should have fucking taken a little bit easy before you walked out on that one you know yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And, you know, at, at that, the thing I also noticed was, you know, you had these groups who weren't doing that yep. at the hoods. like yeah. So, like, well, yeah. as far as what I saw anyway. There was a bit, look, you think uh, there was a bit more self-discipline involved? Yes. I think, oh, and focus. That yeah. they, in their heads, this is going to be, we're going to make a living from this. Yeah. yeah. And they're treating it like, um, they're treating it like they, you know, like I, you know, like um, a job, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. but a very good job. But um, yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, I mean, whereas, and I even noticed in the younger guys, so kind of even like dudes like Spit Syndicate and that. They, you know, I'm sure they like to party and that. But I could see before shows and stuff, they're focused, they're ready to go. You know, yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got their eyes on the prize, yeah. and I. You know, a lot of us didn't like mm, mm. because a lot of us just it was we didn't really consider that I suppose at the time and nah. then you get kind of certain behavioural patterns and kind of seeing your idols do the same thing as right. on age and all that and you just like kind of follow suit I suppose yeah dude yeah very much so very much so and also like also you know i've sort of spoken in the past about like the doors that open to you when you you know you 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 know you achieve a certain level of success and i would never put myself on anywhere near the plateau you use guys reached but even on a minor fucking level you know like you know doors open man like and all of a sudden things are fucking accessible and before you know it you know you're hooking up with cunts in every fucking state and you're going out for drinks before the show and one thing leads to man like that's 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 just you're in the moment you know like some people had that foresight and that foresight that foresight served those people well but you know like others you know such as us and whoever else man like you know like very much in the moment man i get that like 100 100 percent. but how could you not be dude you know like heaps yeah. good dude i mean heaps good I, I don't you know like what how like what are your feelings about that song are you fucking like was that a reaction kind of to being the introspective mc did you come out with that as just like now nah, fuck this man we're gonna party now and we're gonna fucking do this yeah band? 
pretty much. Yeah. Like pretty Lee and I had had a conversation about um uh, kind of about like the stuff that was coming out at the time kind yeah. of thing. Like more battle y stuff. Of course. And it's like, oh, you know, let's let's just prove skills, I guess. Yeah. And um and it, you know, kind of funky way. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was it. Like pretty yeah. It was pretty much supposed to be kind of a bit of tongue in cheek, kind of battle-y, um, versus just it was me trying to prove that I could do it really. Oh, dude, you fucking man, you prove it. You, I mean, you're proving it up until that point. But if you didn't fucking prove it on hunger pains, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, like give me the mic and the joint, the joint you were mentioning before, fucking um, uh, the one with Minus, um, whatever that one was. What was that called? I wrote it down. Stain, uh, stains and scars. Scars yeah. and stains, man. That's the one. Scars you know, like, dude. I mean, you know, you're fucking, you're definitely proving yourself as you're going through things, man. You know, like fucking, um, you know, the Triple J look, the. You know, so silence the sirens. That's oh six. Like you use kind of. Do you, does hunger? Do you tour hunger pains heavily? I can't. Rem- I don't recall. That's all. not 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 overly. No, no, not overly. Like off the back of that, we played some kind of festivals. We did this crazy um, festival uh, on Cockatoo Island in Sydney. Yeah. Like in uh, you go off on the ferry and you go there and then you get off and then they add a little like mini golf well not mini golf a golf cart drive you to the stage and all this shit and that was the first time really doing that and i think the i'm pretty sure yeah the hoods played it and elephant tracks had a bunch of guys playing it too yeah word uh, yeah that was pretty nuts like, i remember performing and there was like big it was in a big like kind of warehouse and there was dudes up well, pretty high up on the beams watching and fuck yeah it was hectic that was that was pretty pretty good that one um oh, crazy man yeah. So what? So uh, what were you saying again? Oh, just like so. So we're moving into silence the sirens now. You know, oh, so yeah. like you know, p- post post hunger pains. Is this where the expectations start creeping in? Like, or were expectations post silence the sirens? Because you know, I mean, you fuck. I mean, these guys go on to get bloody aria nominations and all that, or an aria nomination at very least, and all that kind of thing. You know, how are the expectations post hunger pains? Like, were you feeling expectations, or are you still just yeah. in that moment? Yeah, we're feeling. Can we get two? Can we get two feature albums in a row? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Like people, you know, and you know, I don't remember it specifically, but I remember Lee Lee saying something to me about, oh, that you know, like someone had said something along the lines, and I think it was from someone in the label or something. I don't know if it was a publicist or Pegs directly. I don't even know, but uh, about making five heaps goods, so they wanted. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they want, yeah, they yeah. want that. Yeah, but and you know that's probably my least favorite record. We did that one. I think oh. we did too many songs and yeah, yeah. That's probably my least favorite. But um, the expectation is definitely there. Yeah, as soon as you get one, like it's on. Album, then you know if you're gonna go up further, you've got to get it again. Yeah, that's yeah. what you like. Yeah, um, absolutely. In in these days, no. You don't need it at all. Well, like you need one track a week these days. <laughs> you know, yeah, like that's got to be super productive. But you know, you look at you know, like dudes like Cursor and oh yeah, um, you know, you can create your own path now um, mm-hmm. through social media. And, yep. And that. So it's not as important. But back then it was. Back then it was, um, you know, it opened you up to a whole new audience. 
So, did you have did were there publicists for hunger pains and stuff? Like, had obese developed to that point yet, or is it still just yes, the, yes? Yeah? So, the publicist for our first record um, is actually my brother's ex-wife who worked for Obese Records. Okay. For um for a while, so she did the first record, mm. and then they got an in-house um, permanent publicist who did our other two records. The two yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, bro. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you were fucking yeah, just still talking. Oh uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So that's publicist. I don't think at that time we didn't have a booking agent. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so we had actually. I think the publicist did the bookings as well at that point for Silence of Sirens. Yeah, I love hearing how this fucking machine works through this period. You know, like we've had Optimus from Downside, and um, you know, obviously we've had fucking multiple people from Obese on the podcast. You know, including fucking Shaz just recently. But um, you know, who was the founder of Obese, following it, you know, following its uh, conversion from Obese Ollie Bobbitts to um, Obese. But like the machine that Obese come becomes through that period. You know, and you guys were one of the driving the driving forces without fail you know actually before we move on from heaps good dude the video man like that concept the fucking the flip book concept it was yeah. dope bro that was dope who did that video okay so that was a dude um anto skeen is, um, is that the dude that's uploaded the video to youtube like he did yeah. he do, did he do a yeah. few of your videos yeah he did yeah did he do one no he did a couple. definitely did that one he did one off songs the sirens and he did one off. Um, he did beautiful, ugly off our last record. That's right. Yeah, so at the, at the time, the heaps good one. He was a student at RMIT studying video production. Yep. And um, yeah, like he was nuts. He he had those um, post-it notes all hand drawn. Wow. So wow. He, shot, he shot footage. He took the stills. And traced them or did whatever he had to do, uh-huh. traced them. And then he got, like, all his mates to do all the rest of them on yeah. post-it notes. Jeez. And then he told us then he had to flick them in time. Yeah. So he had to just keep going and flicking them until he got them in time with the song, the wow. way he wanted it. Yeah, nuts. He, wow. he, he, he was crazy, that dude. Wow. Was, yeah. So, and he went on to do, like, um, he went on to do, like, big ads for um, – you know, advertising agencies and things. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's gone. Last time I saw him, I bumped into him, and he was, I think he was managing a band or something. No shit. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he, yeah, he was, he was. They were all like his ideas, man. He was, he was crazy. Yeah. He was awesome. For those, for those listening, man, go check it. You know, like fucking if you haven't checked in a while, I mean, fucking th- damn near 300,000 people have clicked on Heaps Good, man. I'm just, I've got it up on YouTube now. Anto Skeen, it's on his channel. And, um, man, just going back through these joints, like I texted you earlier today, man, it's dope just, you know, going back through these things because, man, I haven't listened to Heaps Good in so long and it was just like, <laughs> wow, man. man dude, it just, it's, just, it's just a joint that automatically just, you know, just gets you, bro, gets you vibing, man. The joint is a fucking vibe, you know, like that's what it is, man, early, you know, like, and it's bugged out to think man we're talking fucking 04 now dude like i was saying here before man these joints are almost 20 years old now like it still feels yeah. bro it doesn't fuck it doesn't feel even remotely that old yeah man yeah it's a long it doesn't feel like that long ago really no nah. like years it feels like 10 
maybe 10 years ago, but yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, it feels about 10. I'd agree with that. But so yeah. so, so Silence the Sirens next, once again, Triple J album of the week, um, but you weren't overly happy with this record? No. No, I, no? Just, I just felt a bit like um, too many songs and, um, yeah, there were a few songs on there that probably shouldn't have made the cut, really. And what was the fucking yeah. what, what was the what was the single off it? What did you just lead lead that record with? Oh, good question. Um, what was the single? I don't remember what the single was. I remember we had a film clip for it though, where we were like dressed up in a suit, like conjoined twins. Oh, like, is that on that? That's um... that Anto did that clip too. I can't I can't remember the name. Is that the day off? Tight ropes. Oh, walking tight. Yeah, what, dude? Yeah, walking tight ropes. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, so yeah, so that was a good joint, man. Walking tight ropes was a good joint. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just wasn't that happy with it in the end. And, and looking back, it's not. Yeah, I, I preferred um, Hunger Pains in the last record we did. I just think they were a bit more um, kind of punchy yeah. and compact, and there was enough kind of um, interesting difference styles on those records to kind of keep it moving yeah, like definitely. listen to front to back but not not that um people really do listen to records front to back too much anymore well no not these days do you, do you think do you think pluto was evolving too like a, a pr- yes. production wise i mean you know he's fucking now he you know he's now producing pegs you know beyond the beyond the um you know your your immediate music he's working with the hoods he's working with pegs he's you know he's doing a ton of artists man yeah, definitely. He was definitely evolving. He, um, you know, and he was, especially on the last record, he was getting more into like playing, playing occasional instruments on records yeah. and getting, you know, session musos in. And, um, but he, but even when he'd get the session musos in, he'd pretty much be telling them what to play. Yeah, yeah. What wanted them to do. Um, and then he'd let them have a jam. And then, um, after they'd have a jam, there'd be bits in there that he'd like and, and, and stuff. Um, so you'd sample? Would would you be sampling from session music from session musicians? Um, parts of it, yeah. yeah. So songs that had like horn sections on there, yeah. Um, they would come in, and um, he'd kind of like he might put a melody down on. Um, I'm trying to remember how he did it. I think he used to like put a a melody down on like um, what was a Wurlitzer or whatever, yeah. just to kind of give them an idea. Yeah. And of what he's after. And then they, they'd play that. And so he'd have what he wanted, but then he'd want, they might have something better. So he'd get them to kind of have a jam pretty much over his beat. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and he'd take bits that he liked and chop and, you know, work his magic on it pretty much. Yeah, for sure. How does your, how does your writing process, you know, sort of, how does your writing process go with that added weight of expectation? Like, are you now, you're obviously now approaching these records differently because there's a level of success and, you know, you want the next one to attain the same success, if not better than the one prior. Do you change your approach? You know, you were saying that, you know, they want like five heaps goods, but you're not going to provide another heaps good, man. You know, like, so no. how do you go about that? Like, are you thinking, oh, you know, like what's, what's, you know, like. Well, we almost went the other way. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're more like no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Lee and I both wanted, like, both wanted to kind of experiment and do, like, you know, I wanted to rap on different types of beats, and you know, um, 
and he he wanted to make different stuff too so we kind of ignored it really um you know but then we'd come across a beat we like oh this could be a single though this could be and then uh, yeah this could be a single yeah and we we um kind of yeah all right we'll, we'll um we'll work on this song and we we'd finish it and then um when the whole album was done, we'd re-listen to it and go, oh, yeah, we should service this song or whatever. Mm. But often often you'd finish the record and then, you know, Pegs would hear it and, the, and everyone in Obese, you know, um, office would hear it and then people would chip in and say, nah, I reckon you should service this song. Yeah. You should, nah, service this one as a single, and, you know, and then you'd come up with a decision pretty much based on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, often did the, how often did the decision go in your favour? Oh, we had the final say, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we we could say no, um, and pigs would be like, "Yeah, right, cool." Like with you know, we and not to fucking not to not to harp on heaps good, but with a heaps good, you know, you guys have both said like, you know, I remember Pluto saying it was one of his least favorite fucking beats. Oh, you know, you like yeah. who who picks that out the fucking you know? I mean, it's it seems obvious to me at this point, but was it obvious to you guys at the time? Were you opting towards another track on that record? Um, no, no. I think I think someone else might have told us to use that one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. See, Lee, Lee, I can understand why he doesn't like that track because for him, he's looking at the production and how much he did to make that beat. Yeah. So he, you know, he, uh, yeah, I can, I can kind of understand where he's coming from that because considering kind of the quality he can do now, you know, he feels like it's not as good as what. Yeah. Yeah. His skill is at now. Of so, course, of uh, but sometimes, you know. Sometimes all you all you need is like a really dope sample. Exactly, bro. Less is more. You know, less yeah. is more. Yes. Less is quite often more. You know, like just that that fucking. And it's always those ones. It's always those ones, man. You never know what's gonna fucking hit, but it's those ones that do. You know, like. And another yeah. one that hit for you guys was "Don't Worry About Nothing." You know, like yeah. that was a fucking man. That, that's a monster in itself. You know, that's another yeah. monster. That was a triple J. I mean, it was the hottest one hundred joint. And by this, yeah. is this when you start getting the fucking Aria nominations and all that sort of shit? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. got an Aria nomination. Yes, for that record, dude. How um, how is that? Like, how is that? I mean, you go from like yeah. you go from very humble beginnings with the pure heads, and then doing your own solo thing. You know, in the space of five years, man, you're getting nominations and, you know, like there's a lot of accolades coming your way. There's a degree of success. You know, like what's that What's that aria look like at that stage, you know, like that aria look even if you don't win it? Well, um, yeah, it was pretty exciting to be nominated, mm, um, mm. But, you know, but then you've got to pay to go there. <laughs> oh, fuck, no shit, yeah? Yeah, yeah, you got to pay to go. You I got think I have. I've got heard to that. Pay to go. Yeah. So, but we were like, oh, we might never get another nomination. We'll go. Yeah. And we went, and um, yeah, it was weird, man. Then you, you you get in the limo, and then you you know you drive to the Arias, get out, you walk along the red carpet, <laughs> and you know, and whoever pop stars in front of you are getting photos taken, then you walk through. No one knows who you are. And, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awkward. Man. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it? Crown Casino or something? I oh, was somewhere in Sydney. Oh, was I was in Sydney. Don't remember. Yeah, right. It was oh, what's Homebush maybe? Oh fuck, somewhere no shit. Homebush. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. And what they send limos out? 
I can't remember if we had to get one ourselves or they sent, maybe our management sorted it. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember if they, I doubt they're paying to send you out a limo. Yeah, not true. Probably true, true. management did it. John Makers look good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you pull, you see you pull up looking like fucking the rest of everyone pulling up, pulling up on that fucking red carpet, dude. That's, yeah. that's, that's, man, that's something else though, dude. That's a, that's, it's a brilliant look and a brilliant look for hip hop. I mean, the hip hop award was real young at that stage too, hasn't, wasn't it? You know, like I think you would have been the second or third year or something. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't, yeah, there weren't too many, but, um, who got it? Who won it? I don't even remember. You know, I don't remember, man. Yeah. I don't remember. I just knew it wasn't going to be us. And yeah. I don't remember who who won it. To be honest, where did they sit? Yeah. You, where did they sit? You guys? I've been dropped. Was it the year? Oh, draft? really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it was. It was. Nah, I feel like draft won it later. Oh, it could have been. I mean, it could have been around the Jimmy Ricard days, eh? Two thousand and eight. I don't know. Yeah, it could, yeah, it could have been actually. Yeah, might have been. Would have been. It could have been around that time, eh? Yeah. I can't pin my up, man. I can't. I don't know. I don't have his fucking info in front of me or anything like that. But yeah, that was probably around a similar time. Jimmy Ricard might have been, might have been popping off there. Yeah, that's crazy. Where do they sit, you guys, when you get to the Arias, man? How's that go? Do they usher you in? Like, how's that? How's that go? Oh, uh, we're just sitting like so. Um, I had my partner, and Lee had his partner at the time, and we're with like OB staff, and we're just sitting okay. like on this round table. And we were, I think if you're going to win, they put you up close. <laughs> out the back. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a dead giveaway. So, you got a table in the arse end of the fucking, <laughs> in the arsehole section. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bro. That's unreal, man. That's unreal. You do any of the after parties or anything like that? Uh, no, I didn't hit them up, man. I was pretty... Um, pretty uh keep to myself kind of yeah dude back then yeah, yeah no, I've, no like that that, that. Even, um, even like it was the same for like kind of like the last year of touring i kind of you know i thought uh, i'm gonna pull it together and and so i wouldn't drink before shows for like a year ah, it's a beautiful thing and after the show i just go back to the hotel <laughs> and write yourself off <laughs> and yeah I wouldn't, yeah, I just didn't socialise much. Yeah. I just kind of just, because I was trying to like, I was trying to pull it together pretty much, but it was, I think it was too little too late. Yeah. Well, look, well uh, man, listen, to your credit, a good mate of mine, Gusto, he was saying, like I work with him and he was saying to me, man, he goes, dude, I remember seeing him on, I went and watched Muffin Platonic on the Sunshine Coast when he came up here once. And he goes, man, like Pluto, he was just, you could tell he was a real sort of keep to himself, quiet muso dude. But Muff, you were out in the crowd beforehand, drinking, like, you know, and just yeah. in the mix, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I did do that for a while. Yeah, I used to mingle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to try and make a point of it, man. Like I used to, you know, before shows, I'd be like, right, let's just go have a beer. Let's just go fucking, you know, just like go get amongst it and, you know, just sort of feel the vibe, you know, like that's what it was to me. It was kind of like just feeling the vibe in the venue and just seeing how that was going. I used to kind of enjoy that thing. But then as the years went by, I was kind of the same. It was like, right, man, let me let me just slide in here. Just wait until after the show. Once the show finished, boom, my job was done. You know, then you can cut loose, you know, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel you. I feel you. But you know, and then and then tomorrow came, man. We're talking oh eight by this stage. Oh it, man, if you don't mind me asking, like DJ FX, he played such a huge role in your career. What led to the change of DJs in that, uh, in he that just, period? He just didn't want to. Um, from my memory, he it wasn't like anything 
there was no sourness at all. Like he just said, oh, look, I don't know if I'm really into traveling around every weekend. Yeah, the scale, the scale to which things were growing too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he just, he just, it was all cool. And then, um, and so then after that, we had uh, Frank uh, Slap Six One Eight. He yeah. DJed for us for a while, and then after that was Bones. And then we did a few shows. I think with Select. Oh man, that's I've I've got Select written down, man, because that's who I thought became your DJ following. I didn't realize it was Bones. Yeah, he did do it for a little bit, yeah. but not that long. And then um, and then we had a few. Occasionally, we'd have like a spot DJ, and I remember we did a gig in uh, Adelaide and uh, Stain One building. Whoa. That was so yeah, 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 yeah. You just fucking switch it up here and there wherever you went. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until what? And does Bones wind up playing that role? You know, like how long did yes. Bones play that role for? Uh at least maybe two years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As the touring yeah. DJ, were you getting? Was he uh, contributing to the albums? Um. Yeah, I think the last record he was doing cuts on the last record for us. Yep. 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 Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I remember the same thing. I was sort of select, but then I thought, was select part of that thing you guys did? Because I know we supported yeah. you, me and Lazy support you with the Milk Bar Stars, you pegs. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Milk Bar Stars, yeah. Who so was that, that? Was that was that select? That was Pluto. Select. Yep, me and pegs. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That was like we we're going to do a record, and then um, I think at that time, the Muffin Pluto stuff was kind of popping off, and I just said, oh. And Leonidas said, "Oh, we, we want to see how this goes, mm, mm. rather than rather than stopping the muffin Pluto thing and diving into the milk bar stars." So, yeah, um, yeah. and so, Pegs was smashing it anyway. So, yeah, Pegs was smashing it solo. Yeah, yeah. Just ended up doing a few shows together. Yeah, so it was just sort of a bit of a fucking one-off thing. Went out there, did your thing. I suppose Pegs was solo at the time. Like you know, you know, I imagine being a solo MC during that period, and then you know having all these groups around you, like you know, like fuck, dude, having you know forming a unit, you know, makes you know just makes life that much easier for a solo MC, as you would know, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was part of his, <clears throat> yeah, his idea was. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to rap three verses every song. Yeah, exactly. You kind of, you know, you can. Yeah, it lightens the load, really. Yeah, definitely, man. And you know, by that stage, by the time you were doing the Milk Bar Stars, I mean, both you guys had, well, you know, Buff and Pluto, and then you know, Pegs. He's all, were, you know, smashing shit at that same time. He's had big joints, so I suppose bouncing off one another on stage, you know, bringing another dynamic to things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, man, definitely. But, like, the, I mean, the reception to and then tomorrow came, dude. Like, you know, like, let's fucking just spend a little bit of time there. I mean, beyond the ARIA nominations and all that kind of shit. Actually, dude, fuck, what was, bro, Paracetamol, what was that off? That was off uh, Hunger Pains. Was that Hunger Pains, was it? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was yeah. a fucking, dude, that was another amazing track, man. Like, that was a really, it was a, it's an amazing track still to listen to now, man. Like, just haunting fucking, you know, just beautiful music. Yeah, man, he smashed the production on that. Like, yeah, I think you match it too, dude. Like lyrically, like I, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's you know, it's it's almost like the antithesis of heaps good in a way. You know, like it's like the opposite end of a heaps good, but it's just it's he's both just so in the cut. You know, with paracetamol, man, it's dope. Oh, thanks, man. 
No, 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 no. You deserve the props, dude. You deserve the props for what you do and the recognition, man. Like, I mean, you guys fucking, you guys made history. But, you know, and then tomorrow came, man, like things, you know, how's the dynamic between you two at this stage? You know, you've achieved a great deal of success together or a level of success together. You know, this winds up being the last album you guys release. Like, how are you vibing with one another? What's the, what's, what's, you know, what's uh, happening there? I think while making the record good, like, um, but uh, there was, um, I guess, you know, an ongoing thing of, um, of me being with the reliability with, um, with the shows and stuff. Um, I think that was niggling away probably yeah. a bit um, over time. Yeah. Yep. And, um, but making the record, we were all good. It was just, you know, kind of business as usual. And then, uh, then the record came out and, um, Another and we toured it. But see, remember back then you could, you could tour a record for two years. Yeah, like you yeah. And then you the same record for two years. Yep. But yep. that was, I think that was, that those days were coming to an end. That was the, that, right there's the tail end of it, man. We had Fluey on the podcast, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Fluent Form, and we kind of spoke about that then. You see, you know, that, 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 you know, from 08, 09, 2010, 2011, that's the end of the album, man. Or it appears, you know, if you look back with the benefit of hindsight, it appears that the album, like, you know, that, 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 you know, that fucking that project, you know, that thing, that that entity that you would spend, you know, so much of your time on, that kind of came to an end, man. It became very singles-driven, one song, you know, EPs, you know, like all that kind of thing. Like we started losing attention spans around that period. Yes, yes. So, yeah, so we toured that like, so what did it come out in 2008? Yeah, oh, yeah. For three years. So by the by the third year, it was like, yeah, nah, we need a new record because yeah. it was that thing I was talking about before. It was some shows would be packed, but then you do two shows, and it's like the numbers are pretty they're not great. They're dropping. Yeah, yeah, they're like gradually dropping. So yeah, um, yeah, and then um, and then around about that time, I think was when um, when Pluto. Uh, began drumming for the hoods. Nah, of course. Yep. So, um, yeah. So he was pretty busy with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, memory, I took off overseas for a holiday, and then I came back, and then, um, yeah, we kind of we tried to make a fourth record. I think we got a song. Mm. We had a song ready to service the radio, and then the night before they were going to send it, we just pulled the pin on it. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What happened with the, what happened with that music? So well, nothing. It's probably <laughs> nothing. Uh, it is. Um, so you know, uh, the beat was dope. Like the, the music was good, but um, I wasn't that happy with my side of things. Okay. And I kind of put my hand up, and I think it was me, mm. put my hand up and said, "Yeah, no, I'm, I don't know. It's not quite there." And management agreed. And um, I think Lee agreed as well. And then so we just pulled the pin on it. All together. And, um, yeah, and then that was pretty much it after that. There wasn't enough time to get back in, go create more songs, or you just didn't take the time to do it? I think uh, I think we just both knew it was done. Yeah. Like yeah. we went, went and played our last show in Brisbane mm -hmm. and the numbers were pretty average and – 
I just knew in my head that um, I actually did a verse kind of a bit about it on the oh, what's it on on the horror show record. Ah, right, yeah, one yeah. Of the records, uh, King amongst many. Okay, yep, yep. And and I remember coming coming back on the plane, just nah, this, yeah, I think that's it. And and I've spoken to Lee. I spoke to Lee after, and he felt the same way. Like mm. it was just. Um, run its course kind of thing yeah 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 Yeah. do do you think like even at that point i suppose you've got you know you've got pluto he's kind of you know obviously you're both taking things seriously you know you've already said that you've kind of sort of pulled up the you know the partying or the drinking pre-shows and all that sort of shit by that stage but do you also think that you know his investment in the hoods the hoods are fucking the hoods are well on their way by that stage did that become a more taxing obligation for him than you know, doing these small shows as much, or you know, these progressively smaller shows as Muffin Platonic. Do you think, like, possibly, man, possibly? Yeah. And I, yeah, I just want to say, like, he, you know, like when the when in the hoods, even like, well, Matt and uh, well, Suffer and uh, Pressure and maybe Debris, I can't remember, but they pulled me over. We were doing a gig at uh, where was it? Uh, somewhere in Adelaide yeah. with Draft. We're doing a tour with Draft. And they said, oh, you know, we're, we're looking for a drummer. How would you, would you, would it, you know, be stepping on your toes if we asked Lee? Mm. They were kind enough to ask me yeah. first. And I said, no, nah, man, like not at all. Because, I mean, they might have done it anyway, but it was nice that they the did date. that. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. And, um, and then, you know, the, the, you know, it's a no-brainer. Like, of course, got to do that. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it wasn't even really to do with that so much. It was just um, just run its course, as you said. Just run its course, I think. Yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from your own, like, your, you know, your own kind of <clears> – <throat> your own viewpoint, was that a time for you to just step off? Like, does family come into play at this stage? Have you already started on a family? No. Like, like, uh, not yet. How's, not li- yet. how's life looking for you around this time? So after that, like originally my plan was um, to to do shows, continue to do shows by myself because yep. I didn't know how else to make how, – how else I was going to get money <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. be honest, like yeah. I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do now? Mm. Um, but then, you know, then there was kind of a back and forth with Lee and then so I decided not to go ahead with doing shows by myself. Mm, okay. Um, and then um, from there, yeah, I just moved. I just got a job in a warehouse. In um, oh, what was I doing? I was doing something funny. I was um, uh, I was packing sex toys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An online sex shop. No shit. In a yeah. warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm fucking dude. How how was it for you going <laughs> from fucking performing big day? You know, like do, doing. Yeah. Dude, was it yeah, sobering? It was pretty what? crazy, man. Going yeah. from like doing the festivals, doing all these big shows, and yeah, that. yeah. And then next thing I know, I'm like just packing dildos and. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, it's interesting. You know, there's a change, and and then um, yeah, and then I went through a few other jobs, and and yeah. And now I'm all good. Yeah, it's a long way from fucking from heaps good to the fucking the fucking vibrator five thousand, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like fucking Jesus, yeah. that's crazy, dude. Nah, man, like you know, me and Russ have spoken in the past. Like me and Insidious, man, we worked in a warehouse at the same time, man, and just 
yeah, fuck, we're blessed. We're blessed that we're not there <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, it's fucking, you know, and shouts to anyone, if you, you man, you got this podcast plugged into your ears and you're on a job site, factory, warehouse, a lot of yous are, man, and like, you know, I get it, man, we're all still fucking working. We're all out here fucking, man, no one's making money off this shit, you know, like, but, you know, like, muff, you know, muffin platonic, that was your living, wasn't it, bro? You know, you're yeah, making, you're making yeah. a living doing that. Was it a was yeah. it a was it a healthy living? Not to get into your pockets, but you know, was it a decent living? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It well, was, you know, yeah. yeah, it was pretty decent. Yes, yeah. um, I wasted a lot of money, but it was um pretty decent. Yeah, it, you know, it covered everything. Where do, where does the money come from? Like, is it is it the physical sales? Is it the shows? So, yeah. So, you know, when CDs were selling, you get a pretty nice. Um, amount from CD sales in the first, you know, week. In that first chunk, You yeah. might get another one, you know, a couple months later. I think yeah. it was, I will pay quarterly every yeah. year, whatever. Yeah. So then, and, you know, they never like it. We never like, most of the time, biggest sales were the start. Of course. The start. But then they still be decent. And then as the years go on, they're smaller. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But then, so then you're getting a lot of, then you're getting the show money. That's it. Um, and then you're getting what else? And then beyond show money, you get festival money. Like festival yeah. money is bigger yeah. again than just show yeah. money. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then like you could get, we did, we only did one of them, but then you can get crazy money from um from doing like these like we corporate show things. So yeah, yeah, we did one at um what's the what's the Maya kind of streetwear section? Oh, uh, Maya streetwear section. Yeah, like they some Myers have like. A downstairs bit when there's it's all like youth clothing and shit. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Know. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. did one um one in Frankston, Frankston my thing, and the money was stupid. Yeah, yeah, stupid. yeah. Just just for just for that, like yeah, it was yeah. a bit crazy. But we only did one of those, and then um then you get your um so then we signed you know like a publishing deal as well. So you get your cut from that. So they get all your stuff on, um, you know, on TV shows and all that. So yeah. we had we had tracks on, um, like, all the underbellies. And, um, no shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that piece. Of, and then the weirdest one was we had a track, which was like, <laughs> like I'm surprised they picked this track, but it was a track I did with Ivan's. Yeah. And it was um, on, remember that show, Girls? Girls. Yeah, no. you haven't seen it with no. uh, Lena Dunham. Oh, fucks me! No. It's like US, like a US comedy show. Oh, two gun. two broke girls. That joint, that shit. Uh, no, not there was another one called Girls, oh, and it was okay. kind of like um, young, uh, you know, like early twenties kind of kids, you know, share housing, and then you know. Mm. Some fucking me, me, it was, but it was a, it was a HBO show. Oh word, fuck yeah! So yeah, so that one, that one, yeah, that was, I was tripping on that one. You had a joint license to a HBO show. show. That's crazy. Oh, they just used a song on one episode one for episode, like, yeah, 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 for like, well, I think it's in background music or something. But yeah. even so, yeah, I, still, no, money still, but even now, money still trickles in. Not much, but yeah, still, little bits yeah. and pieces here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Does that does that actually come through APRA? No. So we went through. We um, signed a deal with um, a publishing company called Native Tongue. Ah, right. Yeah. So yeah. So um, yeah, they get all the rights to the publishing, and, um, and we get our cut, and they 
yes, they'd pitch it or sell it or whatever, put it on their site and for their clients to go through. Yeah. And pick yours. Woo-ha. Yeah, woo-ha. <laughs> and, they're, and they're still taking care of that business today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fucking hell. Because I, I remember, I remember like years ago, there used to be this show on Channel 10 or Channel 2 or something like that. And it was on in the mornings. It'd be like Sunday mornings was like an X Games show. I, can't remember, I think it was called fucking Cactus, Cactus something or other. Cactus, oh, yeah, yeah. Cactus TV or something. That one. Yeah. Cactus TV, whatever the fuck it was called. And they'd have like, you know, they'd have snowboarding and skateboarding. And, you know, like before, you know, before YouTube blew, this is where you'd see fucking, you know, five minutes of fucking mad street skating and, you know, or some snowboarding or some fucking bungee jumping or some crazy shit but at random you'd hear a reason song playing underneath the yeah. you know the footage like you know so yeah like you'd see these you know these random obese joints and i do recall i also remember yeah like pizza and shit like that you'd hear some you'd hear the random joints showing up in shit like that as well yeah man making, yeah making those publishing dollars man yeah that's it that's it yeah. might have to call might have to call reason and borrow some money <laughs> yeah no doubt <laughs> I remember him telling us once. I, it might have even been on his episode. I can't remember, but he was saying, man, he goes, man, fucking, you know, every so often you'd wake up on a Sunday morning, you've made a couple of hundred bucks because your song got played for 10 seconds on fucking <laughs> Channel 10 at 10.30 a.m., you know? Oh, man. Actually, that reminds me. I did one of, um, I remember doing a sh- did, uh, like a, a workshop with Reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Out in, um, where were we? Out in Gisborne or something? It's wow. like about an hour and, hour and 20 minutes or an hour or something drive from the city. Yeah. But I took us out and out took my car and um, I just remember my car breaking down. <laughs> and then, so then he's, I'm not sure if it was his wife at the time or Emma. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, she came and picked him up and <laughs> I just Jeez. take my car to the mechanic and hang around, Fuck. hang around with him to fix it. Jesus. And um, yeah, I remember doing that. He used to do heaps of workshops. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I think he's. I think he still does here and there. Oh, you know. Yeah. yeah he might yeah. do like you know goes goes out to the Northern Territory or something like that when he's here. I'm not too sure. I haven't spoken to Ray in a while. I'm not too sure how much time he was, but I know he's between Singapore and Melbourne for a while. And then I saw recently via social media that he was. Um, I think he was working up in the up in the NT, like doing um doing workshops or something like that. I can't. I think. I think some some to that effect. I mean, I could be totally fucking. I could be totally wrong. He could be visiting there or some shit. But yeah, him and Alacor or whatever. I think they'll do oh, something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but so, dude, at the, like at this stage, you know, like we, we, you know, we're kind of, you know, everything kind of goes full circle with these interviews and stuff, or with these conversations, you know, you find yourself just, you know, going back to work and all that kind of thing, and you yourself, like, do you, was it a conscious thing to step back from music? No, no, not really. I fought it, like I tried yeah. to stay in it, like for quite a while, and then, um. And then I think I just time went by, and then I, fe- I you know, then kids, family, yes, um, yeah. and stuff like that. And so then, um, but then fortunately, yeah, something clicked, and I wrote that record in 2019, or we mm. probably started in 2017 or something because it takes longer now. But, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of felt more free with my writing, and 
I wasn't overanalyzing it and yeah, so less expectation, just stepping back from all that. And also, I mean, dude, I suppose while we've got you, like, you know, like how, oh, actually, dude, I wanted to ask, I'm not too sure you let only let us in on what you want, but like Mufflin Platonic's music digitally, where's like, is it ever going to be available? Is there some hold up? Like, you know, can you let us in on that? <laughs> like, you know, not, I mean, I don't want you, you don't, you know, don't, don't, you know, you don't have to put anything out there you don't want to if there's like personal grievances or anything like that. But like, you know, is there, you know, is is there some hold up with the music digitally? Yes, there. I guess there is. Okay. Um, so it's, yeah, so, yeah. It's out of without, your hands? Kind of, yeah. without, without, you know, mentioning names or trying to, you know. Yeah, certainly. Uh, say too much without the other people being present. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's at the point where I've tried. Yeah. From my side of things to get it back up, and um, the other party um, has not responded, so I've mm. kind of given it up. I've given up. Like, I'm, if they reach out to me, great, I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah, but I can only, I can only really give, um, you know, kind of give my permission from my side. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 and I'm up for it. But yeah, I haven't heard back, and I don't think I will. So mm, okay, that's interesting. So yeah. So things are so things are you know without putting too fine a point on a little frosty between you and the uh, other party. Well, we, yeah, I guess we don't talk anymore. So okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah fair that, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> dude, and that's that's also, bro. Listen, that's relationships in groups. You know, you do so much growing together. It gets yeah. to a point sometimes where there are people you just that's that's kind of that's that's the end of that that part of life you know for for some people you know but you would think there is uh, I don't know there's you know beyond beyond the history beyond the history that's created and the need for that music and I mean obviously a lot of it's on YouTube these days people can access you know a lot of it but you know just you know, just to engage with that stuff. Did you, I mean, there's still streams, you know, like, I mean, that, that's how fucking, that's how all this shit's changed, man. It's now streams, you know, like, but there's revenue to be earned via streaming. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, without going into it too much, that's of part of the reason why, um, yeah, why it came down in the first place yeah. is, you know, because, um, Oh, of course. Yeah. We're fun. I wasn't getting, yeah, I wasn't getting my cut, basically. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's more about it, but that, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's on. Yeah, that's fucking. Yeah, that's fair, man. No, that's fair, and then I respect your. I definitely respect your stance, man. You know, like it's. Yeah, that's what it is. Hey, I was dude, dude, just trying to fucking change the subject. Did you guys program Rage once? Am I tripping or was that? Yes, yes, we did, dude. Yeah. How was that? That was good, man. Lee had an absolute ball. Oh, bro. <laughs> Yeah. They give you like um when you do it, they give you like this big book of all the songs, and like the songs they got film loops for that you can pick from. Yeah. So you just sit there and go through the book and choose what you want. And so um, I think we went yeah we went into Sydney ABC Studios and um, filmed our sections for that. And um, yeah, it was good. It was good. What do they do? What is it like? Just a big ass telephone book? Like you know, like yes, heck? yeah, exactly. Exactly like that, and and you just sit there and go, okay, fuck, I want to play. You I think know. they give it. I think they gave it to us beforehand, so we could spend a few days trying to work out what we wanted. Of course, because I mean, what are you programming? Five, six hours of music. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 
stop. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, no, to yeah. Me, like I, I like anyone that's programmed rage. I like to ask because yeah, I, and I thought I thought you's had, and I just I remember as a kid, like you know, even when I was mad young, I was just like, man, if I could ever program rage, I'm going to play this and play that and shit like that. And now, <laughs> now it's just like, man, fuck, you go on YouTube, man. Like I remember, you know, I just remember as a kid, man, hearing that there was a video for Mind Playing Tricks on Me by the Ghetto Boys. Hearing there was a video for yeah. um by the time I get to Arizona by Public Enemy, you know, and I heard oh it's banned from it's banned from MTV because they're you know they're blowing up they're blowing up Texan state senators and shit like that in it. And I was like, man, if yeah, I can yeah. ever program rage, I'm playing those fucking videos, <laughs> you know, like that, that was, that was what I was as a kid, man. And that was the, you know, like, fuck man, rage was the only place we could watch videos, you know, like that's the only place we got to see videos. Yeah, exactly. Random exactly. rap video. Do you remember what, like when you went into it, was there, a, was, did you have like, you know, five that you were picking? It was just like, man, I know immediately what I'm looking for. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I let Lee pick most of them, yeah. and then, um, yeah, I, I picked a handful too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I went through the book and just yeah, anything that kind of um, grabbed my attention, or, or you know, I remembered it was good from just even just reading it, I'd pick it. But mm. I know Lee was adamant about playing um, one of the Tribe Called Quest joints. Oh, which one? Um, there's one he used to. He was. Uh, he loved the film clip. I think it was black and white. It's just them kind of in the city. Oh, what fucking York, and then in the uh, taxi. The jazz. Who's got the jazz? Yeah, that might, yeah, that might be it. Oh yeah. no, no, the one. It's black and white, and they're in the city. Electric relaxation. That one, oh, yeah. that one's black and white too. That's black and white, and they're yeah. traveling through yeah. the city in a cab. Yeah, they? that's one. yeah, that's electric yeah, relaxation. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Electric I, relaxation. I remember he was like, "No, I'm playing that one." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like him brown, rail, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. My name is Five Dog from yeah. the Zulu Nation. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck. That's very good. Very good. It is very good indeed. It is very good indeed. <laughs> Listen, bro. Like, man, what fuck? What else do we have to cover, dude? We've had you for two hours now. I mean, oh, my, holy shit. Yeah, I know, dude. It goes fucking quick, man. Like sometimes yeah. I sit down and you know, like I'm, you know, I mean, I go, dude. I listen. I go into these things nervous, man. I'm like, fuck. I'm talking a muff tonight you know and like you know we've crossed paths over the years and shit like that yeah. but it's not like you know like we're mad tight or anything like that and it's just you yeah. know like to me i'm talking to a legend bro you know and it's just it's a fucking honor man and it's an honor to have you for episode 90 you know like this is a um you know it's a milestone for us and you know like and to have you and to have you sort of you know shed some light on those years and are, are you in any which way put off by the by being referred to as that introspective MC, do you, do, do you feel it's like you know it's been kind of you know I, I, man from my perspective it, it it puts too fine a point because you're beyond an introspective MC. You're one of this country's great MCs. You know, or are you are one of this country's great MCs? You know, you birthed one of the, you know you're one half of one of you know, the great duos that came out of this country, you birthed so much through what you did, through your legwork, you know, to to call you a straight introspective MC discredits what you do because, I mean, fuck, man, you made just as many dope fucking joints. You were in battles early on, you know? Like, how do you feel about the introspective reflective title when it's used in regards to, you know, your work? Um, I don't really mind it, man, because I kind of feel like a lot of my um, contemporaries on a like uh, a skill level as far as like puzzle pieces putting their wraps together mm, mm, were more advanced than me. Yeah. My strong suit was that that was kind of my bag. The introspective side was my bag. Yep. And 
I don't think it's not necessarily that I think I kind of almost intentionally went against the grain with trying to make things too rhymy. Yeah, yeah. If it makes sense. Like yeah. I didn't I, that wasn't really I didn't over over complicate or over kind of um analyze the patterns of the rhyming or the rhyming schemes and things mm. in my raps because I felt I felt like heaps of other dudes were already doing it and doing it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yes, yeah, I, I, I probably I don't really consider myself to be technically um, as skilled an MC as a lot of the other guys were in my era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so so being called introspective, I don't mind so much because that was kind of my what made me. Stand out a bit. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You never you never compromised what you did, man, and success came to you. <laughs> it you know, it like it's clear and it's clear through this interview. Like you just never you never you never search for success. And I don't know that any any like the hoods, you know, like I mean, you know, a Pluto may have had uh bigger ambitions beyond enough set or an underground artist, but no one knew what it could be, you know, like if you get me, if you get what I'm sort of saying, it's kind of like no one compromised what they were doing in any which in any which way. Obese brought a bigger sound. You guys, you guys brought such a bigger sound to the country. And, I mean, fuck, three feature albums on Triple J, fucking countless tours and ARIA nomination. I mean, you're fucking history makers, man. You know, like you did things before fucking anyone else did. Thanks, dude. Thank oh, you, man. Nah, it's yeah. fucking no. Nah, thank you, man. Thank you we, for doing. We weren't trying. We were just doing what we're doing. Just like, doing you know, it. That just... era, like because at that point, no one had. Well, the hoods were just about smashed door in, but yeah, yeah. no one knew. So in a way, it kind of your um, motives were pretty, pretty true and pretty honest and pretty pure. Pure, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> pure heads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pure heads, bro. You were pure heads. Straight up. From day dot. That's what I've man, that's 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 what you get through your career. You get fucking honesty. You get you know, you get self reflection, you know, you get introspection, you know, you just you get you, you know, you get muff. You get and then beyond that, you know, for anyone listening, man, go hunt down fucking um fuck oh fucking Jesus. Do I have this shit written down? Excuse my language. <coughs> what was the last joint, Muff? Sorry, bro. The last record? Yeah. Uh, and then tomorrow came. No, not in then. No, not not the last muffin platonic. Your last joint from um two two three years ago. Oh yeah, uh, with a grain of salt. With a grain of salt. That's the one, man. That's the one. You know, like so, people go hunt that down. That shit's on Spotify and all kinds of things. Muff, is there anything you want to leave us with, bro? Like, uh, man, I'm fucking eternally grateful for your time and for you joining us for this fucking episode. Oh man, I'm stoked to get invited. Um, oh, dude, it's fucking honor. Thank my peace, man. So thank you for having me on. Let me have a chat. No nah, word, man. And listen, we couldn't have brought we couldn't have brought ninety in in a more fucking solid fashion than we have today, man. And with this man here, fucking a pure head from day dot crew wise, everything. Russ, what do you got to fucking anything you want to add to the mix, bro? No, oh, nothing else other than it's just an honor to hear his story, man. Like, yeah, definitely, dude. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely. Dude. Nah, dude. I was man. Listen, bro. I was fucking. I was working a fucking job, man. Listening to these joints on the radio, and your joints would get me through, man. Like seriously, bro. Like like I said to you, man. Like I was hearing those jams. And when that hip hop shit came on the radio, man, on Triple J and stuff like that at work, like, yeah, that shit fucking, it was crazy to hear. You know, it was crazy to hear, like, and, you know, like, I'd be sitting there, like, fuck, man, I remember, you know, like, 
like I said from the outset, like, you know, meeting you at Rick's Cafe and getting a CD off you and, you know, just – so what you did through the years, bro, it's fucking um, – yeah, it's amazing, man. It's a fucking – an amazing achievement, dude. An amazing achievement. And yeah, once again, can't thank you enough. Thank you, man. No, thank you. All right, brother. Well, listen, man, if that's that's all we've got, that's all we've got. Man, this has been Beers, Beats, and the Beers, episode 90. 90, motherfuckers. Mm. We are marching to fucking three digits right now. We are marching up to 100. <laughs> Me and my man Insidious right here broadcasting live from the Shire Studios, as we always do, and we've been joined by an absolute legend. If, you, um, if you're feeling this shit, share us around, motherfuckers. It just, it's, a, it's a huge help for us, man. Like, it's a huge help. Rate us on um, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Go down there. Give us a five-star rating. Give us one star rating whatever the fuck you know just be honest fucking if you're not feeling it you're not feeling it but however have you get it live it and uh continue doing so because this man gave it to us we've been joined by muff my man insidious this is jake biz it's been biz beats in the biz for another week we'll see you at 91 peace, peace.